It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. We welcome you to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this February 3rd, 2017. I'm Ryan Epler alongside Joe Linville and making his debut in studio, (laughs) Chris Kidd. First off, Chris, happy to have you along here on Basketball Friday Night. You guys were finally able to book me. I mean, I'm a hard act to get, but I really do appreciate you guys having me on here. It's a great show, and I'm looking forward to the next three hours. Go ahead. But does your publicist have to be, like, right within eyesight at all times anyway? Well, I fired him last week. Uh, And he still hangs around. (laughs) Uh, It's incredible. But uh, nonetheless, hey, we have a good time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The fastest three hours in radio with you until midnight on these great stations across the Mountain State. Also, on Network West Virginia. Joe, good week of basketball behind us and a, a good week ahead. And, I mean, you know, we're in the, the home stretch because once you turn from January into February, that's when it really starts to get serious in terms of you see how these teams that have maybe been working on finding their rotations, finding how players fit into the grand scheme of things with their teams. This is the time of year that you start to see them kind of hit the accelerator a little bit. It really is. And uh, Chris and I were talking about it before we went on the air. Uh, I actually got to take some time, and I've seen three high school games uh, since we were on the air last Friday night. And, you know, some teams we've seen getting better, and some teams were starting to see struggle just a little bit. So it's it's that time of the year. Uh, you want your program to start gelling and things to start clicking because, uh, you know, before we blink, it'll be sectional time, regional time, and then we'll be in Charleston playing for the state championship and we've got uh it wouldn't be a basketball friday night in west virginia without an upset we'll talk about that in a minute maybe it is an upset maybe it's not but um chris uh this is also a situation where you're talking about teams that such as polka we'll talk about the dots much more in depth here in a moment i know you got to see the dots uh last week uh chapmanville regional beating them on a saturday afternoon after they got that water situation lined out but um chris there might not be a team playing better right now in class double a than the tigers yeah and you know you see what chapmanville's been able to do with their depth all season long ryan i mean you've got drew williamson you've got dylan smith who was dealing with a thigh injury and kyle browning who was dealing with an illness so they've had a lot of setbacks the last couple of weeks as well but you talk about the inside play of hunter neal obina and Chile killing uh then they can bring tyler moore off the bench they can bring devin collins off the bench who's an outside threat for them i mean there's just so many different things this team's able to do and even philip mullins a freshman right now had 21 the other night against man i mean this is an extremely deep team they can throw bodies at you left and right they like to bring a lot of pressure into the ball game as well and it's just really a pick your poison and Chapmanville right now is really riding high they're playing with a ton of confidence and even tonight so far Joe what we saw in the first score update against Scott I mean really looking to sweep that season series and head into Mingo Central tomorrow night with a lot of momentum they, you know, I went down and watched the game as well, and it, it was just an outstanding uh, high school basketball game. I know it was back and forth. Uh, it got down. It the game really went right down to the wire. Uh, I know uh, Frampton. Uh, they had to move him out to uh, pretty much go one on one with uh, Drew Williamson to try to shut him down, and uh, that was pretty much the only hope Polka had to come back in the game. And they did come back, you know, pretty close. There It was only a three point game, and uh, but it, it it's that time of the season, man. You want to start uh, peeking out. Yeah, and I mean, getting that win over them, I mean, I think that slaying that dragon after they had had so many tough defeats against them, including last year in the state tournament, that did a lot for their confidence. 
We'll talk again much more about that. And again, the postseason for girls basketball is just two weeks away. Wow. That's hard it's to unbelievable believe. how yeah. fast it rolls up. <laughs> if you want to join in the program, give us a call, one 855 That's one 78 hoops You can also tweet us at hoops underscore roundup. But we know what you're here for, not to listen to us talk as much. As you want to hear scores from across West Virginia, let's get a check on our scoreboard update. We'll turn it over to Joe for the boys' scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. It's a final. It's the Martinsburg Bulldogs falling to National Christian tonight, 64-56. to Another final. It's the University Hawks tonight defeating Ripley, 75-39. It's the Parkersburg Big Reds over the Mohegans of Morgantown, 56-50. It was Fort Hill, Maryland over Frankfurt, 51-36. It was Hannibal of Ohio uh, defeating the Magnolia Blue Eagles tonight, 58-34. Pendleton County leads the Moorfield Yellow Jackets, 58-44. That is with 224 to go in that ball game. It was the Greenbrier East Spartans defeating Washington Patriots tonight, 73-65. The Greenbrier West Cavaliers defeat uh, Calhoun County, 46, or correctional at 46-39. That score is at the end of the third quarter. It was the Seabees of Clay Battelle defeating Tigers Valley tonight, 77-72. It was Fayetteville. The Pirates continue to roll as they defeat Charleston Catholic, 67-46. It was the George Washington Patriots. They lead the Capital Cougars, 45-39. That score is at the end of the third. And just update you on that one, that game is actually now in overtime. All right. And it's the uh, 100 Hornets and Meadowbridge. We still we don't have that score yet. It was Independence over Riverview tonight, 89-52. At the end of the third quarter, it's Jefferson. The Cougars lead Hampshire 32-20 in a low-scoring contest so far. Mingo Central defeated Wayne tonight, 86-42. It was Greater Beckley Christian uh, defeating Mount View, 50-46. The Musselman... The, or the Appleman, rather, of Musselman defeats Hedgesville, 72-56. It was the Chapmanville Tigers beating the uh, quarter G rivaled uh, Scott Skyhawks, 66-38. Oak Hill defeats the uh, Shady Spring Tigers tonight. Correction on that. It was Shady Spring over Oak Hill, 47-39. Tyler Consolidated falls to Ravenswood, 67 to 58. It was Parkersburg South over Wheeling Park, 64-57. Winfield defeats the Polka Dots, 61-53. And uh, Taze Valley Christian defeats Notre Dame, 58-56. Ron? Take a look at the girls' scores tonight. It was Lincoln defeating Grafton, 72-25. Also tonight, George Washington Defeats Washington 81-21 in the Big Atlantic Classic. It was Sharando, Virginia with a halftime lead over East Hardy, 29-17 the score in that one. Wheeling Central Catholic defeats Charleston Catholic tonight, 50-23. Fayetteville defeats Valley Fayette, 72-32 the final in that one. The Gilmer County Titans defeat Braxton County, 63-35. Also a final tonight, 22 points from Allie Robinson as the Buchanan Upshur Buccaneers defeat Lewis County 70-61 in girls' high school action. 
It was East Fairmont defeating Liberty Harrison 64-12. In overtime right now in North, at North Marion, I should say, the Huskies and Fairmont Senior Polar Bears tied at 68. Also tonight, a final score, it was Huntington 77, Alexander, Ohio 48. And that is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Big one there in Fairmont. That game just went in the overtime right before you uh, give the score there. So uh, big big uh, matchup there in the back door in Fairmont tonight. Always good to see those scores updating in real time. And, <laughs> uh, you know, scores, again, just piling in right now. We expect a whole lot of um, you know, more scores to come in. Mention that Fairmont or North Fairmont, that Fairmont North Marion game, <laughs> and North Marion was actually down by twenty in the third quarter and got it back to force overtime. Wow. So we'll see how that one goes. And uh, let's just go right to the phones. Normally, <laughs> our first guest would be setting where Chris is tonight, but Rick Marone, head coach of the Tulsa Lady Rebels, has other duties tonight, getting ready for the hometown invitational. He joins us now on the program and. Coach Marone, your ball club uh, in the fifth-place game tomorrow. Yeah, I tell you what, Ryan, great to be with you guys. Appreciate Chris being down there. And uh, uh, we are actually just getting done with our team dinner tonight at the Outback, and I was thinking about you guys. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks Coach. <laughs> Doggy bag, maybe? <laughs> I got leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I tell you what, Ryan, this is a great event. Uh, the Hometown Invitational, Mike D. Pascal and uh, – uh, Howard Meeks from St. Mary's do a great job putting it together. Uh, it's been a four-week process and uh, through pool play, and our semifinals were last weekend, and we had a, a nice win over Sherman. And uh, we're excited tomorrow. We're playing Cameron uh, in the fifth-place game at 1 o'clock tomorrow. But they had two games tonight, and uh, the rest of the games, the Night of Champions is all day tomorrow at Doddridge County. So we're excited to be a part of it. Coach, it's an opportunity to see different teams. We've talked about this before, but – you're playing Cameron at Doddridge County. That's not something that Tulsa, I don't believe, would have ever thought of doing, at least, uh, before this hometown invitational came about. No, I tell you what, it's a great atmosphere, and uh, it has been great for us as we re-enter Class A, uh, like you said, to get to see a lot of different teams, and there are some really quality teams all across the state. And like you said, Ryan, me and you, uh, and Joe as well, have been around a long time, not speaking about age of course but, uh, you know the bucket list is, the bucket list has been checked off so we are uh, going to check off Doddridge County High School we've not taken the Lady Rebels in there and obviously we've never played Cameron so uh, we're excited and it's a chance to see other teams and other styles and uh, teams that aren't as familiar with you. Well, Coach your ball club uh, getting that win over Sherman and um, you know we've, we've talked about your team a little bit off and on throughout the season uh, obviously been really good with the in-state opponents has sometimes struggled with the out-of-state opponents all of whom have been good teams uh how do you feel your team is playing right now well i'll tell you what uh you know uh i had some people put complaints in about child abuse with the schedule that we're using (laughs) because we were in charleston wednesday night and probably set a new low uh for offensive output in that one lost to a good catholic team Turned around last night and had to travel to Mingo Central, played a really good game. We lost by two and then had to load up this afternoon and head up here for this. And then Monday we actually have a rescheduled game with Clay County. Uh, Hopefully TG might come down for that one Monday. We're playing that game at Polka as part of a doubleheader with Polka and Scott. So we're in the midst of a four-game, five-day swing. But 
like you said, we tried to do our schedule, Ryan, based on the basketball Friday night power rating. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost. Yeah, you guys have to understand that we've had this running joke with Coach Marone. Our power ratings. We've talked about this before. Take out of state games and just wipe them out because we felt like they were skewing. The, they were they, they were skewing the results, and uh, you compete with your own state for state championships. So, Coach Marone's Lady Rebels were just beat, beating up on in-state teams and, and struggling the out-of-state. And we joked that he was making a schedule just for that power ratings. And he we, made it to, what, number two? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was incredible. But, uh, Coach, West Union, West Virginia, I know you've been all across this great state. Will this be a new town for you? Yes, it will. And, uh, you know, we're actually staying in Mineral Wells tonight. Uh, We'll spend the night there and then head over uh, tomorrow, catch some of that first game. And uh, and then we're excited to go. Uh, Doddridge County does a great job hosting the event. Actually, last year it was at Sherman. They try and do it regionally, so it was in the southern part of the state. It's up north this uh, year. And, you know, a lot of people get to see the Lady Rebels, Ryan. Uh, it's new for us, but uh, a lot of them will get to see Lady Rebel basketball, too, up north. So West Union will be checked off the bucket list about 1 o'clock tomorrow. And uh, hopefully folks can uh, think there may actually be some uh, broadcasting going on. We'll try and get that information out to people. I think the hit tournament uh, games are some of those are going to be on the air. So you'll be making the trip across Route 50 from Mineral Wells past Ritchie County High School and on to Doddridge County High School tomorrow. Hey, Coach, we know you've got a long day ahead of you. You've had a long day behind you as well. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, allow you to... Enjoy the dinner. Enjoy the uh, leftovers. I'm sure that you went ahead and cleaned up whatever was left from the team meal. And uh, enjoy the evening, Coach. Good luck, Coach. Hey, Ryan, thanks for what you guys do. I appreciate Chris being there. You guys sound great. And uh, you guys have a great show tonight. And I look forward to being back next uh, weekend with you. And uh, if there's any leftovers, I'll bring them with me. <laughs> Week old leftovers. Thank, uh, thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. That's Coach Rick Marone of the I've eaten worse. Tulsa Lady Rebels. Uh, a co-host of this program hasn't been able to be with us the last couple of weeks. Uh, scheduling conflicts, illness, and quite frankly, illness is something that we've all been fighting. Uh, I think every school around here has been fighting it recently. So um, hopefully we can all get this behind us before we get into the postseason and uh, nobody's affected by that. But um, again, lots of stuff to talk about as we go on to our first break here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. When we come back, Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio, talk about the Tyler Consolidated Silver Knights. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. scores online all of them in west virginia visit basketballnight.com join us online and vote in this week's poll you've got till 11 45 tonight and we'll share the voting results with you last week do you like the setup of the hometown invitational tournament well 74 percent of you said yes This week's question, do you think the shot clock should be introduced in West Virginia high school basketball? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. What about those picks? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. 
If you're watching now by YouTube or RSN Facebook page or our newest affiliate, Network West Virginia, we're featuring your pictures from games around the Mountain State. Send us your pictures at RSN Sports on Twitter, at Hoops Roundup, underscore Roundup on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll put them on. And we want to thank the lady who didn't want her name mentioned, Shannon Likens. See, we can do that up here. We can mention your name for putting all those pictures together for us tonight. We want you to become part of the show. We'll mention your name, too. Shout out to our newest followers, including Jeffrey Young, Angelina Cross, Greg Varney, Brianna Jones, Caitlin Richards. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 9-17 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Chris Kidd, happy to have you along on this journey until midnight as we get you through our ninth week of the program. That's incredible but um it just it just tends to get away from us chris and i'll I'll tell you first off again great to have you here first time i got to see you in a long time uh chris and i went to marshall together and uh worked at wmul about the same time the student radio station and and for some reason chris you decided you wanted to do broadcasting yeah i got into uh the parthenon and the uh, newspaper here at first and uh i'm I'm very proud of the fact that one of my former students uh, nancy payton she actually runs the parthenon and now is one of the ones uh very instrumental in that and uh, she's way better at it than i was (laughs) but uh, yeah right there near the end uh you know i decided to take a sports broadcasting class i thought well this will be fun this will be easy and it was the hardest b i ever had in my life (laughs) i barely got it too but uh, dr bailey did a tremendous job uh just showing me the x's and o's of everything and uh you know really had a, a lot of nice things to say about me even whenever he, you know didn't need to or have to considering some of my performance but you know if it wasn't for people like you helping me out I, I wouldn't have wanted to stay in this industry and you've been nothing but a big help since i've been here so i apologize to all of us <laughs> everyone in the logan area i'm gonna you remember to blame next time i'm listening to a chatville game and he gets excited and starts screaming i'm gonna remember that comment no, so. no, it's, it's a calm smooth it's a pat summerall type broadcast no. with me. you know that i know better hey, <laughs> i've our, been there our next guest was actually in studio with us last week tonight he was on WRSG Radio in Middleburn as Tyler Consolidated falls to Ravenswood. Brandon Gregory with us on the program. And Brandon, sometimes a, a loss at the end of the day doesn't necessarily tell the whole story for a Tyler Consolidated ball club that has had its struggles this year. It was very competitive with a very good Ravenswood team tonight. Yeah, it was. They uh, went into the half down 13. Uh, at the end of the third quarter, was down 16 and and got as big as I think 17 or 19 at one point, and uh, you know got a couple buckets and hit a couple threes at the end, and, and uh, you know they they play hard and they're five and 13 right now, but they're a very good five and 13. They're a very battle tested five and 13. Uh, that's a tough schedule, Coach Jones. I don't know how he's got any hair left. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the schedule's just been so difficult the last two years. Uh, trying to get this thing turned around, and 
you know, you get stuck in, you know, two and two year contracts home and homes with people when you play them twice a year. I mean, you know, he's played a bunch of good basketball teams outside of his section and outside of his region. So uh, I think going into the tournament, if they're, especially if they're a three seed in their section, they, they could legitimately make some noise. Tyler consolidated, as you mentioned, now five and thirteen on the year. But um, again, a ball club that I, I just want to compare things here. Um, Tyler consolidated played at Ravenswood on January seventh. That was a one hundred eight fifty one win for Ravenswood in that one. And again tonight, Ravenswood gets a, a nine point win. Um, what was the difference? I mean, it, it, are you seeing Tyler Consolidated getting better? Was it maybe a little bit of an off night? Was it both? Um, no, I mean, Ravenswood hit shots. I mean, they they hit they put the ball through the hoop. But I think tonight they didn't have as many open shots. Tyler did a much better job defending. And you also got to understand to give it a little bit of context. That was the first game they played after they'd had a, you know a little bit of attrition. Had had four kids drop off. Three of them were contributors. Uh, and just decide they, they didn't want to play basketball anymore, and, and then they go down to Ravenswood, and that's their first game. Uh, you know, after that little after that incident, so uh, you know you got kids trying to figure out their roles, you got coaches trying to figure out rotations, and then they're going to go play probably the best team you're going to play all season. So you know, one hundred seven to fifty one, not exactly one hundred eight to fifty one, whatever the score was, not exactly indicative of where Tyler was at the time. And, you know, again, tonight they closed out on shooters. Uh, did a nice job. They, they struggled a little bit on the offensive glass. Of course, as we all know, Ravenswood's got some pretty good length, uh, especially in the in the front court. And so they had their struggles there. But Quentin Richmond played well. Uh, Jace Reed does what Jace Reed does. He played well. I think he had 17. All, he's within 100 away from scoring 1,000 in his career. Uh, Dylan Roberts played very well, shot the ball well. Uh, Griffin Phillips did a nice job. Had a couple steals and and uh, I think he scored eight or ten. And, you know, I mean, it's it's good effort, and they're getting there. You, know, you hate to talk about moral victories, but uh, you know, if, if there's one that I guess you could say was a moral victory tonight, would be that. Well, the Silver Knights of Tyler consolidated again, falling tonight to Ravenswood, sixty-seven fifty-eight was the final. Now, now looking ahead here, Parkersburg Catholic coming up. Uh, next week, uh, and kind of a slowdown week, at least on the schedule for Tyler Consolidated, is uh, just one game between now and Valentine's Day. Yeah, and and it's Parkersburg Catholic, which is a team that's very good, but actually, Tyler Consolidated, it was a dogfight uh, for, for three three quarters, and you know the better part of three and a half quarters, and then it kind of got away from. Of course, uh, Logan Plummer's a pretty good player. I actually know his dad very well. His dad was a player at Marietta College and then actually coached high school basketball at Belfry. And uh, his dad was a, a very good basketball coach as well. So that's a good basketball family. And uh, that's, a, that's a good basketball team. Parkersburg Catholic will make some noise in their region as well. So again, it'll be another te- another test, kind of a litmus, litmus test, kind of a barometer to really see where Tyler Consolidated is at. And they're playing down at Catholic. So that'll, that'll make it even a little bit more difficult. Hey, Brandon, it's hard to believe. You know, you look at your guy's schedule and you, you've only got four games left. It's hard to believe that, you know, we're just getting into February and you guys are about ready to start wrapping things up. Your thoughts? Well, not a lot of snow. It's been <laughs> you know, I mean, reschedules ain't so bad when you're a single man or you're a married guy with a wife and a dog. But when you got, uh, <laughs> when you got a wife and two 
kids, it, those, those reschedules come to, to get begin to become a little bit of a challenge. So we've been pretty fortunate there, uh, you know, getting everything in when it's supposed to be in, and, and uh, it's made it really nice. Uh, it's it's you know you get you get fortunate like that some years, and thankfully this is one of those. Brandon, it was so nice to meet you and the entire Seven Ranges radio crew that was in studio with us last week. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend, and we'll catch up with you again next week. All right, well, make sure you say hello to Showtime Dutton for me when he comes on. <laughs> we'll file that one away for when when, when Showtime Dutton makes his debut uh, or his initial foray on the phone lines later on. Hey, Brandon, thanks so much. Have a good, have a good weekend. All right, catch you guys later. Thank you. All right, again, that's Brandon Gregory, WRSG Radio in Middleburn. And, uh, Chris, this is a situation where Ravenswood is now 15-1, and one of the top teams in class single A. And, and you look at Tyler Consolidated, and, you know, 5-13 and 13 on the season. You know, some attrition, as Brandon was talking about, but still marked improvement over the first time those two teams played. And sometimes it's not about just a win and a loss. It's about your own level of play and if you can play a little bit better than you did before you know, than the last time out it's still I'm not talking about a moral victory I'm talking about a victory in terms of establishing your program and trying to uh, get a little foothold it is and that's the key thing whenever you're going into the tournament you want to see that improvement you have to see that improvement if you think you're going to go anywhere again and against a Ravenswood team that has been really running roughshod in single A I mean minus the one loss that they've had this year I mean that is a big marker right there for Tyler Consolidated to kind of build upon I mean I was looking through the schedule here had a win over Magnolia even earlier this year I mean granted Magnolia not where they were at the last two years with losing a lot of that talent but I mean they've had some impressive games against some really tough teams and I think that even with that record, I think they're going to go in the tournament play feeling like, you know what, if we can compete that way with a Ravenswood team, who's to say we can't compete with anybody else? And, Joe, we've talked about this in the past as well, but, um, you know, Tower Consolidated just moved down recently also to, to Class A, and um, it, it's not this automatic you drop into Class A from AA and you just run over that division. That just doesn't happen. And sometimes we get caught up in the school enrollment more than we do the quality on the court. And, again, Tyler Consolidated working on it, getting better, and uh, that's all you can ask for at this point. You know, you look down their schedule. I mean, they, they play some schools that have been known for their, you know, athletic abilities. You've got Magnolia. You've got, uh, you know, Ritchie County, uh, Liberty Harrison, St. Mary's. I mean, you know, uh, there, there's Parkersburg Catholic. There's some pretty tough, you know, programs that they have faced so far this season. Uh, we'll get a full check of the scoreboard in a, in a couple moments, but just gone final, Fairmont Seniors girls defeat North Marion 78-75 in overtime, and that almost becomes a heartbreaker for North Marion because they had erased a 20-point deficit in the third quarter to get that game into overtime, and Chris, even though they come up short tonight, that's one of those you file away for later because those two teams may meet in a much bigger venue in uh, several weeks. Absolutely, and I think that's the biggest part of it for a coach at this point is to try and get your players to understand that, especially whenever, you, like you said, coming back from 20 points down against a very good team like that, I mean, it's going to be deflating in the locker room after the fact, but having your kids realize that we're going to see these people again likely or put that in their mind anyway I think that's a big building block you know uh, even me as a coach you know we I know tennis is different from basketball in a couple of ways but you know we the year that we had some girls win the state championship we lost three 
matches in a row to Parkersburg Catholic and then had to play them in the state finals. And I filed away all those matches, and so did my girls whenever they got there. And then we were able to beat them in the state finals that way with Haley Justice, Cassie Lewis, uh, Myla Bryant, Sarah Lambert. I mean, uh, a lot of girls that are way more talented than I was in that area. But, you know, just being able to file away some of those losses and build upon that in a very positive way i think it speaks and gives you sometimes a bigger advantage going into charleston than it would be if you won a game like that i mean the 20 point comeback alone is going to be a big step forward for that team and joe we mentioned charleston it's still a few weeks over a full month away from the state tournament but there are some teams that will get a taste of the charleston civic center coliseum this upcoming week with the little general shootout at the big house and that that's an interesting event too uh i was talking on with brandon Lowe yesterday on, on his radio program on 95 the sports fox in charleston and the thing that stuck out to me while we were having our conversation was it's kind of double-edged one you get to play on the civic center floor exactly but two that place is huge and it will eat up any crowd that's there <laughs> and it's going to feel like playing in a big empty building it all starts uh, Monday morning at 8.45. Winfield and Mann tip off, and then it's a full day of schedule. The last game doesn't tip off to 9.15. Then it, it, the same thing goes over Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually going to get to broadcast my first high school game from the Civic Center as uh, Logan takes on Bridgeport uh, at 6.45 Monday evening. So, And like you said, uh, you know your team, just like the, the the big comeback tonight for the the girls at Fairmont. Confidence, building your confidence, is you know at this point in the season is a major factor because basketball, just like any other sport, I think it's about you know fifty percent talent and fifty percent mental. So, and then uh, and these teams that actually get to play on the floor at the Charleston Civic Center, I think that's a big plus for any program because uh, it's a big venue, like you said, and even with a big crowd or a small crowd, it's it's just the the idea of playing at the charleston civic center the same floor that you know will host the state championships in here in just a few weeks should be a lot of fun as we start rolling the calendar toward that and that of course ends up rolling us toward the uh, sectional tournament postseason play which is just right around the corner it's time for our second break here on basketball friday night in west virginia when we come back we'll get you another scoreboard update as well as keep you updated on all the, the news within basketball across the state of West Virginia tonight. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash sojmc. Call us tonight, toll free, 
Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Tweet us your team's scores. Give us your comments on the game, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Big shout-out to some of the people, new followers tonight. And if you follow us tonight, we'll mention you on the radio, and you can even hear your name on Network West Virginia. A big thank you to Logan Beltner following us tonight. Nathan Bills, Bruce Hanlon, Blue Ridge School, Ray White, Tyler Brown, Terry Thomas, Cody Sealback, Aaron Grant, Kitty Dooley, WHS Boys Basketball. Thank you for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. We welcome you back on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 9.33 is the time. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Lindell and Chris Kidd. I feel like I'm surrounded by some, some Coalfield, uh, the voices of the Coalfields currently, and um, yeah, one of the things that, that, that really comes to mind for years, it was Speedy Bevins who decided to, to take a different career path. And uh, certainly haven't, got to, haven't heard from Speedy in a while. Hope everything's going well with him. But um, it's still yeah. hard for us to believe that Speedy <laughs> did such a transition in, in careers so late in life, you know. Not that Speedy's old or anything like that. But. I was getting ready to say, I hope he's not that late in life. I mean, let's 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 take it easy on poor Speedy here. But uh, you know, it's just a sign of the way things change sometimes. And uh, what can you say? I mean, we're we're in a situation where we all know that there there are financial difficulties in the coal fields and the rest of West Virginia too. And uh, we certainly know a lot of folks out there who are listening or watching tonight. Uh, basketball can be a little bit of a distraction and a welcome distraction from that. And uh, we'll get a scoreboard update in a moment. But, but Chris, sometimes it's, uh, we talked about it just a moment ago, but it's not about wins and losses. At the end of the day, if you can get out, support the kids in your community, watch them play, um, you know, it's, it, it can be a win win and just kind of let you get away from the rigors of the day to day problems because the problems within athletics are never as bad as what anybody has to deal with at home. Yeah, you're right. And then with Speedy, I saw him in uh, Chief Logan State Park a couple weeks ago. He's doing just fine with his dogs and everything. And if you call him up and ask him about buying some things, I'm sure he'll be doing a lot better <laughs> soon enough. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he did a great job there for so many years and helped me out tremendously. But, I mean, you're exactly right with – what it means in the coal fields this sport particularly i mean baseball's a big thing with chapmanville and logan obviously and man as well uh football's there too but there's always something about basketball season i mean your first thoughts come to logan but now chapmanville stepped up big man's been in the state finals before they've been to the state tournament and those tuesday nights those friday nights uh, like you said they're such a nice distraction away from what goes on in the area and just uh, where i teach and i coach now in chapmanville that's really all that you hear about a lot is you know how are we going to do against Logan? I mean that Logan game was a massive buildup just about two weeks ago. I mean you saw the pictures and some of the videos from Willie Acres Arena. It was unbelievable just being there, and I felt 
very honored just to be able to announce that game on the radio and I was you know extremely nervous just doing that because you know how many people are listening you know how many people care about the game and uh, to see all those teams doing well at, at separate times I mean it, it does so much to boost the community and uh, to just save the morale of a lot of people that are going through like you said a lot of difficult times right now and uh, you know I feel fortunate to be a part of a lot of that sometimes it's nice to be a part of something that matters to people and uh, you know I, I know at the end of the day it is just sports but like you said that distraction sometimes it's it's monumental monumentally needed by so many people that uh, fall on so many hard times we'll hear from sam blizzard of weld radio he covers sports in hardy county as well as uh, pendleton county in that region we'll talk with them in just a moment but first it's time for another check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard looking for scores look no more go to basketballnight.com First of all, let's take a look at the girls' scores from across the state of West Virginia. It was the Lincoln Cougars defeating the Grafton Lady Bearcats tonight, 72-25. George Washington, the Patriots, over the Washington Patriots in the Big Atlantic Classic, 81-21. At the half, it's Chirando, Virginia, leading East Hardy, 29-17. It was Charleston Catholic coming up a little short tonight against the Wheeling Maroon Knights, 50-23. Fayetteville continues to roll on as the Lady Pirates defeat Valley of Fayette, 72-32. Gilmer County defeats Braxton County, 63-35. Buckhannon Upshur continues to roll, defeating Lewis County, 70-61. It was the CB, I'm sorry, the Lady Bees of East Fairmont defeating the Liberty Harrison Mountaineers 64-17. The Huskies of North Marion and a tight one went to overtime. They come up three points short as Fairmont Senior, the Polar Bears, over North Marion 78-75. The Lady Highlanders of Huntington defeats Alexandria, Alexander, Ohio 77 77- 48. It was the Summers County Bobcats over Pikeview, 106-51. Robert C. Bird, the Lady Eagles, come up a little short tonight as the Preston Knights win that game, 57-34. And it was Williamstown over Work County, 97-41. Getting a check on boys' scores throughout the Mountain State tonight, it was... National Christian out of Fort Washington, Maryland, defeating Martinsburg in the St. James Tournament, 64-56. University gets a big win in the Big Atlantic Classic, beating Ripley tonight, 75-39. Parkersburg, a winner in the Big Atlantic Classic at the Raleigh County Armory tonight, as the Big Reds knock off reigning state champion Morgantown, 56-50 the final in that one. Lindsley Academy defeats Cameron, 68-53. It was Fort Hill, Maryland, defeating Frankfurt, 51-36. Hannibal River, Ohio, gets a 58-34 victory over Magnolia, a game that we'll talk about much more in just a moment. Pendleton County defeats Moorfield, 70-49. Oak Glen picks up a win over Steubenville Catholic Central, Ohio, tonight, 56-51. The Golden Bears come out victorious in that one. Also tonight, Greenbrier East defeats Washington, 73-65 in the Big Big Atlantic Classic. In the hometown Invitational, it was Greenbrier West defeating Calhoun County, 68-55. 
Also a final from the hometown invitational. Clay Battelle defeats Tigers Valley 77-72. Great ball game tonight in Monongalia County. Fayetteville remains undefeated, and they do so in convincing fashion with a 67-46 victory tonight over Charleston Catholic. Also in boys' action, this game has gone final in overtime. Capital goes into the South Hills area of Charleston and knocks off George Washington 63-61. The final Cougars get the win. Also in the hometown invitational, Meadow Bridge defeats 100 75-50. Independence beats Riverview tonight 89-52. It was also a final. Mingo Central defeats Wayne 86-42. At the end of the third quarter, it is Jefferson 32, Hampshire 20. Final score tonight, Greater Beckley Christian beats Mount View 50-46. The final in that one. We'll talk more about the Golden Knights throughout the night as well. Musselman defeats Hedgesville tonight in a key Eastern Panhandle showdown. The Appleman get the win, 72-56. It was the Tigers of Chapmanville Regional making the trip up 119 to Madison and knocking off the Scott Skyhawks, 66-38 the final. Shady Spring. Now 13, make that 12-6 and six after a 47-39 win over the Oak Hill Red Devils. Huntington is 11-4 as the Highlanders defeat St. Albans tonight, 68-39. Tug Valley beats Tulsa for the second time this year. Panthers get the win, 67-45. The Ravenswood Red Devils are 15-1. They defeat Tyler Consolidated, 67-58. 18 points for Cole Plants tonight as Parkersburg South defeats Wheeling Park. 64-57, the final in that one. Luke Frampton from Polka scores 37, and it wasn't enough. His dots fall on the road to county rival Winfield. Big win for the Generals, 61-53, the final in that one. Doddridge County in the West Virginia Hometown Invitational defeats East Hardy, 70-62. It was Taze Valley Christian over Notre Dame, 58-56. That was in the Huntington Invitational. And in the Big Atlantic Classic, right now at the Raleigh County Armory, is Woodrow Wilson leading Princeton in the second quarter, 30-5. That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. You heard Pendleton County get a win over Moorefield tonight as the, uh, the Wildcats... Get the victory and now go to 13 and 2. Moorefield drops to 5 and 10. Sam Blizzard of WELD Radio in Moorefield had the call of that one tonight. And Sam Pendleton County, I think, still flying under the radar, maybe to most people who follow this in the state. But that's a ball club that's strung together an impressive um, first two thirds of the season. They have. They have not lost since uh, <laughs> 28th, 29th against Petersburg in the championship game of the Petersburg Holiday Tournament. But uh, Pendleton County's been on a roll and uh, well-rounded effort tonight. I believe they had four guys in double figures. And uh, like you said, Ryan, it's a team that not a lot of people will hear about, but uh, they're playing some quality ball right now. Sometimes at small schools especially, and when I say small schools, I mean Class A, not necessarily some of the smaller like Paul Paul or Union High Schools that are very low in enrollment. But sometimes at smaller schools, when a team has a successful football season, you know that they have good enough athletes, and that kind of carries over. Is that the case with Pendleton County? I think so. Um, you know, they have the uh, two Cooper brothers that uh, were you know some of the bigger names on the football team. But uh, these young men have pretty much been starters for three years and uh, getting a lot of significant help from several other players here. 
but uh, most of those guys were football players, so uh, a few of them were not, but most of them were. And uh, just seeing a well-rounded team, uh, Pendleton County, uh, I've seen them three or four times this year, and they uh, just keep getting better as, uh, as the year goes on. Well, Moorfield had beaten Paul Paul earlier this week, 60-31, to 31, and while Moorfield has, has it's been a little bit of a rough year up and down for that program also, but you know it's a team that lost by seven to Pendleton County in the Petersburg Holiday Tournament earlier this year uh, too. So it's a Moorfield team that, yes, that's a, that's a tough loss tonight for the uh, Yellow Jackets, but uh, still it's a ball club that is being, for the most part, competitive even in, in defeat, again, for the most part. They are. Um, they are kind of having to um, restructure things a little bit. Their leading scorer, Varsity Bright, moved, I believe, last week, moved back to Maryland from what I'm hearing. So, uh, you know, they're kind of redoing roles and different things. But, uh, you know, Moorfield's a very balanced team. And, uh, you know, as the season goes on, I think, uh, you know, they could be dangerous as you get into uh, sectional play here towards the end of the month, Ryan. I know you also follow East Hardy. The Cougars fall tonight to Doddridge County, 70-62 to in the hometown Invitational. East Hardy is 5-10. and is that a team that's record might not be indicative of how good they really are? Yeah, I actually had them uh, last night where they uh, defeated a, uh, I believe, nine-win Pocahontas County ball club and did so rather handily. I believe it was 83-62. to 62. Um, Another well-rounded effort. I think there was four players in double figures for East Hardy, but uh, they could be dangerous. I mean, they seem to be picking things up as we get into February also. And uh, another team to kind of watch out of our area here is Petersburg. I'm actually doing Petersburg and Philip Barber tomorrow. Petersburg, another team not a lot of people have heard about, but they are 10 and 5. And the sound uh, just kicked out. Uh, we, ju- <laughs> we just lost Sam there. and um, We appreciate Sam calling in, and, and I apologize for the uh, cell phone drop there. But, um, yeah, he was mentioning basketball in the Eastern Panhandle, the small schools. Through much of West Virginia, and we'll go to break in a moment here, but on this final thought here before we do that, uh, Chris, so many of these small schools through the southern part of the state aren't in existence anymore. Um, the consolidation has kind of wiped out – consolidation wiped out an entire section yeah. uh, when Mingo Central was um, brought together. So you're looking at uh, an area up there in the eastern Panhandle where, again, you've got East Hardy, Moorefield, Pendleton County's good, and that's even a consolidation from 20-plus years ago now. Um, but uh, the balance of power has to be sort of in that area from the public school standpoint um, because, again, there just aren't that many small schools in southern West Virginia anymore. Yeah, and it's a shame because you lose a lot of very key rivalries, too, whenever that happens. And, you know, we saw a lot of that go away even whenever uh, Hart's closed down in uh, the coal fields. And uh, we've seen it with Williamson closing and Birch and a lot of those other ones. I mean, Hart's and Birch used to be one of the biggest rivalries in the state. And, unfortunately, that's not there anymore. And I know that the people in the eastern panhandle feel the same way, seeing a lot of that go away with them. But, I mean, what Pendleton County's been able to build here, I mean, you're looking at, I believe, seven straight wins now for them. And, you 
you know, Petersburg's another team. You know, that thing that's their last loss was Petersburg. And they've really stepped up, even that went over Tucker County. I mean, a team that's traditionally in the state tournament. So, you know, even with a lot of those losses of small schools in the area, I think it does a lot for them to gel together and learn how to win together. We saw it with Mingo Central taking the state championship in football this year, being ranked number one in basketball. I think once they learn to gel and bring all those schools together and start to bring the talent together, then you start to see maybe the quote-unquote greater good of consolidation in those instances. We'll step aside for our third break. When we come back, Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. We'll talk Robert C. Bird hoops when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Doug Workman, Point Pleasant Blacks. Lauren Antelock, East Fairmont Bees. Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley Timberwolves. Emily Sarborn, Trinity Christian Warriors. Seth Meadows, Pikeview Panthers. Vita Amani, Charleston Catholic Irish. And Reese Nichols of the Clay County Panthers. What they've all got in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. you got somebody remarkable on your team, or maybe they made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week, and tonight, we'll have a new one. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the standout athlete of the week tab, fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Hope you're checking out those picks. If you're watching the video feed on Network West Virginia tonight or on YouTube or RSN Facebook page, get your pictures featured on our video stream. Send them in to us on RSN Sports Twitter, our Twitter account at hoops underscore roundup, Facebook or Instagram, and we'll select them and you'll see them next week. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, Joe Linville, happy to have you along. Chris, what you're seeing, what, what we were able to see during the break is an example of what I actually told you earlier this week when, when you said you were coming up here ready to uh, do this. I said, hey, the guys in the back are the best in the business. Yeah. And, and I truly believe that. Oh, I mean, it's amazing. Comes right out here and tells you what was wrong. We're able to fix the problem immediately. I mean, you couldn't fix me. I'm still here, unfortunately. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I think it's amazing what these guys do. Joe was showing me around before the show, and uh, things have changed so much since I've been in college here the la- in the last six or seven years. And uh, I just I, I find it 
overwhelming how, how amazing the, the product is that's put out here and the work that so many people put in. Uh, you know, you can tell I'm kissing up, so I can maybe come back again some <laughs> other time right now. <laughs> but I am. I, I'm really blown away by all this. This is it's really first class up here, and everyone treats you uh, the way you want to be treated, and uh, it, it's just a fun environment to be around. So uh, I mean, seeing that fixed so quickly uh, between the break, I mean, that's just another instance of the type of people you have working here. As I said, like I said, best best in the business. Let's go back to the phone lines. Talk about the Robert C. Bird Eagles as uh, they got a win last night over Preston by 20 and had a win earlier this week over Grafton. So um, starting to play some pretty good ball. Bill Nestor is the voice of the Eagles on WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Bill joins us now on the program. And um, Bill, this Robert C. Bird Ball Club getting through a, a somewhat busy week uh unscathed yeah you're exactly right ron first of all i'm a little bit jealous chris got a chance to get a tour over there Uh-oh. joe's never offered me a tour i'm a little come bit on down excited. bill <laughs> yeah bill if you've got a free friday night buddy you're welcome anytime you know fellas i'm actually in charles tonight i thought about making a trip down surprising you but i didn't know if you'd let me in the building or not <laughs> sure we, we we did let rick kozlowski in so i mean you, you can get in Free pass. There, there, there you go. Um, <laughs> well, guys, yeah, as a matter of fact, you, you're, you're exactly right there, Ron. You, you mentioned the pair wins here this week, and that's pretty exciting for the Flying Eagles. As a matter of fact, moving their win streak to five games. And uh, looking back at this past week, a, a win over Grafton in a game where they had to come back and outscore the Bearcats 20-7 to in the final period of, period of play to get the win. So, uh, you know, that was kind of a, a tough one. But, uh a great chance to grow up a little bit for these young guys and get the job done. And then you mentioned the 20-point win over Preston uh, last night. matter of fact, RCB in that one, 34 of 41 from the charity stripe. So got a lot of points there from the foul line. and had three players in double figures uh, and uh, led by Junkins, who's a, a dual-threat guy and had 23 points. And then, then Tanner Kennedy chips in with 17 guys, and 14 of those come from the foul line where he's 14 of 14. Ten players scored in that game, so you get a lot of guys involved. Uh, the bench play has been superior, and uh, that was a big bonus for the Flying Eagles. And also, if you if you look back to the last quarter against the Bearcats through the game at Preston, RCB 44 of 53 from the foul line. So getting the job done at the charity stripe, being aggressive to get those opportunities, and uh, starting to starting to get things going offensively. So things clicking and going in the right direction right now you know bill your schedule doesn't get any easier looking down the road you've got uh, fairmont coming up on tuesday and west side east fairmont uh, bridgeport musselman grafton again uh so you know robert c burns definitely got their uh, work cut out for them over the next uh, couple three weeks yeah that's it there are a lot of players a lot of teams that are uh, coming up here that are going to be uh, challenges for the flying eagles and i think that's the way coach bennett wants it he uh, was uh, excited about the opportunity to finish down the stretch with a strong schedule just to see where his team's at as he gets ready to go into the tournament. Of course, with the realignment guys, a lot of different teams involved in the tournament and a lot of different things going on. So he wanted to see if he can get get his uh, young team some confidence, which he has throughout this five-game win streak. And now they're going to be tested once again. This week, playing back-to-back, that's going to be a difficult task. Uh, the defending state double-A champs in Fairmont Senior, and then the next day going going to you know Charleston playing a 115 game against Westside. So it doesn't get much tougher than that. 
And then after you survive that, see where you're at, and then you, as you mentioned, some of the other games coming up with Musselman and some other quality teams in there. So it's it's an exciting time for the Flying Eagles. They've got some confidence, uh, you know, following these wins. But uh, now it's time to step up and see if you can get to the next level and get some wins against the top-tier competition. Yeah, Bill, uh, I was looking at uh, the schedule, and again, Fairmont Senior, they defeated Robert C. Burr by 25 in their last meeting less than a month ago. Can you tell me what's maybe different about this RCB team in the last month as opposed to whenever they went up against Fairmont the first time? Consistency. That's been the key. That's a difference. In that game against the Polar Bears, RCB held a four-point advantage at the break, 24-20, but were outscored 30-5 to in the third quarter of play. Fairmont Sr. went to the full-court pressure coming out of the halftime break. Caused a lot of turnovers, led to easy transition buckets. And so, therefore, RCB's younger guys kind of froze, uh, you know, in the spotlight. So, I think the difference is now this team is a little more confident with a round ball, not turning it over so much, and they're, they're doing some things uh, more aggressively going to the basket. You know, when a team presses you, it's one thing to get it across midcourt. That's another thing not to hurry a shot. And then it's another thing to be able to make that team pay for pressing you. And I think Robert Seaberg now doing that. When teams pressure them, they not only get it across midcourt, but they get some three-on-twos, some two-on-ones, and they finish off those opportunities, which makes other teams less aggressive in that press. So we're seeing a difference in the way these young guys handle the basketball. So against Fairmont Senior, I'm, I'm going to expect some more pressure from the Polar Bears, but I think RCB will be able to handle it a little bit more effectively. Will they get the win against the Polar Bears? Well, that, that remains to be seen because they're a top-notch team, obviously. But I think they're going to give them more of a fight in the second half of action. So you look at that consistency, which is what we talked about initially with that question, uh, You know, being able to be consistent four quarters of play. If they can do that, they should be in the ball game. And, and so uh, I think this team right now is starting to mature a little bit, and that's that's been the difference from back then as opposed to right now currently. Well, we've got to step aside for our fourth break of the night. That's Bill Nusser, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Always a pleasure to talk with Bill. When we come back, we'll get another scoreboard update as we're already one hour through the program. This is the fastest three hours of radio. It does. It It really flies by. And we'll have a scoreboard update when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues in two minutes here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. Our newest affiliate tonight, Network West Virginia. If you've got Suddenlink, we're on Channel 2. Also, you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Talk 92.5, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Thank you to Mike Graham. 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP in Spencer. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 97.9 FM, WSPWLP in Parkersburg. 101.1 FM, WVWP in Wayne. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg. 
106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, 9.50 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 FM in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10 o'clock on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia as we begin our second hour with you until midnight. Ryan Epley alongside Chris Kidd and Joe Linville. Um, we'll have our standout athlete of the week segment in just a moment with Dylan Stone. We know, though, that you're here wanting scores. If you're watching online, you can see, or on Network West Virginia, you can see the scores scrolling across the bottom of your screen. You can also find the scores on basketballnight.com and at hoops underscore roundup. Chris? I think we've gotten you broken in now. Here's a rite of passage to being on this program. It's time for a scoreboard update. Let's see if I can swim or not. Here we go. Uh, starting things off, National Christian Maryland defeats the Martinsburg Bulldogs tonight 64-56. to The University Hawks knocking off Ripley this evening 75-39. to The Morgantown Mohegans losing to Parkersburg 56-50 to in a thriller this evening. Next, you had Lindsley defeating Cameron, 68-53. Fort Hill, Maryland High School, knocking off Frankfurt, 51-36. River Hannibal, Ohio, defeating Magnolia tonight, 58-34. Next, Pendleton County, big winners tonight over Moorfield, 70-49. Oak Glen edges by Steubenville Catholic, 56 to 51. Next, Greenbrier East able to hang on and defeat Washington 73 to 65. Greenbrier West also victorious tonight, knocking off Calhoun County 68 to 55. The Van Bulldogs victorious this evening 66 to 55 over Valley. The Lumberjacks falling tonight to Van. Next, you have Clay Battelle winners tonight over Tigers Valley 77 to 72. Fayetteville knocking off Charleston Catholic 67 to 46. Frederick Hawking Ohio High School defeats Wahama or actually loses to Wahama, excuse me, tonight as the Falcons get a 63-56 win over Federal Hawking. Next up thriller between Capital and GW as the Cougars knock off the Patriots in a game of top 3 teams in Class AAA 63 to 61. Next you have Meadowbridge defeating Hundred 75 to 50 and Joe Limble here for the rest of the scores on the boys side. It was the Independence Patriots over Riverview 89-52. 
At the end of the third quarter, the Jefferson Cougars lead the Hampshire Trojans by a score of 32-20. to It was Mingo Central defeating the Wayne Pioneers tonight, 86-42. Richwood over Montcalm, 80-53. It was the Greater Beckley Christian over the Mountain View Golden Knights, 50-46. Over in the Eastern Panhandle, it was Musselman defeating Hedgesville, 72-56. The Tigers of Chapmanville Regional continue to roll as they defeat the Scott Skyhawks, 66-38. Shady Spring defeated Oak Hill 47-29. It was the Huntington Highlanders over St. Albans 68-39. Tulsa fell to the Tug Valley Panthers tonight 67-45. Ravenswood continues on a roll as they defeat Tyler Consolidated 67-58. For Parkersburg South, Cole Plants dropped in 18 points, picked up eight rebounds as Parkersburg South defeated Willing Park tonight by a score of 64-57. Luke Frampton score had a big night, scoring 37 points as the Polka Dots fell to the Winfield Generals 61-53. It was Doddridge County over East Hardy 70-62. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame fell to Taze Valley Christian 58-56 and it was the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles defeating the Princeton Tigers tonight by a score of 55-23. to Correction, that's a score at the half, 55-23. Getting a check on your girls' scoreboard update tonight, the Williamstown Yellow Jackets defeat Work County 97-41. I plan on getting to see the Yellow Jackets in person next week. Also, it was Preston defeating Robert C. Bird 57-34, Summers County, Rolls Pikeview tonight, 106-51. Bobcats get the win in girls basketball tonight. Huntington defeats Alexander, Ohio out of New Albany, 77-48. The final, the Highlanders are now 15-3. They went to overtime. Krista Tobin scored her 1,000th career point for North Marion, but it still wasn't enough as East Fairmont, excuse me, Fairmont Senior holds on to what was a 20-point lead that evaporated that forced overtime, but Fairmont Senior outscores North Marion in the overtime to get the win over the Huskies, 78-75 in a classic tonight. Also tonight, East Fairmont defeats Liberty Harrison, 64-12. It was Buchanan Upshur going to 17-2 on the season with a 70-61 win over Lewis County. Gilmer County, the reigning Class A girls state champions, defeat Braxton tonight. 63-35, Titans get the win in Glenville. Fayetteville goes to 13-2. The Pirates defeat Valley Fayette in a cross-county showdown. 72-32 the final in that one from Montgomery. Also tonight, it was Wheeling Central defeating Charleston Catholic. 50-23, Maroon Knights get the home victory. The St. Mary's Blue Devils go to 14-5. Jordan Fox scores 27 points as St. Mary's defeats Ritchie County tonight. 60-45. 60-45. Sharando, Virginia. All over East Hardy. Final score of that one, 58-28. The Washington Patriots in the Big Atlantic Classic fall tonight to George Washington. George Washington a little bit better than Washington. 81-21 is the final in that one tonight. And Lincoln defeats Grafton 72-25. That is a check for your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Of course, you can always get the scores, basketballnight.com, at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Dylan Stone joins us now as we talk about our standout athlete of the week. And, Dylan, if we called 
young Mr. Bryson by his given first name. I'm not sure anyone in Welch would know who we were talking about. No, no, that, that given first name is Ellis, and he's actually Ellis the third. Um, but he uh, he prefers, and pretty much everybody calls him Bud. So uh, Bud Bud uh, Bryson uh, is uh, a guy that uh, he's he's actually had some he's had some hardships uh, over the last couple of years. He, he tore his ACL, um, you know, of course, in his knee um, during his sophomore year, and uh, his his head coach actually played a, a big role in, in being able to get him recovered from that because. Uh, he he was uh, Gary Brown used to coach uh, at the college level, and he had used some of his uh, some of his contacts there to to be able to use some water therapy, uh, really some intense water therapy to, to get Bud back in the uh, swing of things. And he ended up not having to miss any games at all in his junior season, so a rapid recovery from that ACL injury. Well, Mount View falls tonight to Greater Beckley Christian, fifty to forty six. The Knights six and ten, but one of those wins was over Bluefield. That's a ball club that we know. At Mountain View can play any given night. That's still a good team. And uh, Bryson also averaging a double-double, 12 points and 10 rebounds per night. That's uh, getting it done. Yeah, and especially considering he's, uh, he's about 6'3", according to his, his dad. He's uh, really, you know, not a, a – no, a, he's, he's an undersized post player. Uh, but he's, uh, according to his dad, again, the post is, is where he's most effective, and he really has that mentality that, that he wants to go and grab rebounds and – He's the leading rebounder on the team, averaging a double-double like you mentioned, and uh, just likes to do a little bit of the dirty work, as you'll hear a little bit uh, more from. I understand that he's pretty good with impressions. Yeah, he is. That's uh, just part of his personality. Um, he's, he's a guy that likes to make people laugh, likes to, have, likes to get people to have a good time. And uh, a couple of the, the names that his dad was throwing out there that he likes to do is uh, John Gruden uh, and uh, Barack Obama, so, and a little bit of Denzel Washington, too. So he's, uh, he's, he's well-versed in the... Uh, in the voice game but uh, it's just again part of that personality that he likes to likes to have fun likes to make people laugh our special correspondent dylan stone with us now as we talk about our standout athlete of the week bud bryson from mountain view high school in welch and dylan got to know a little bit more about this week's standout athlete of the week intelligence determination amiability and leadership these are traits that most would be proud to show Mount View senior Ellis Bryson has been described as having all of these qualities and more. He is also this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia standout athlete of the week. Ellis, or Bud as he is often called, is an integral part of the Golden Knights basketball team, and as his father Ellis says, his son tries to help the team in any way he can. He definitely tries to get it, whether it's offensively, defensively, rebounding, and he wants to step up, take charges, and he's the one talking on the floor. You can always hear his voice on the floor. His coach Gary Brown says that Bud is a special person as well as athlete who does things the right way. He's just a fantastic person to be around because he's even-tempered. He does things the way they're supposed to be done. He kind of leads by example in what we would like our student-athletes to be. He's been a strong rebounder for us. He has been a great defender at times. But he's one of the guys that will step up and take a charge for us. So he does a lot of his dirty work also. In the spring of his 10th grade year, Bud tore his ACL and faced months of grueling rehabilitation work in order to make it back onto the court. But as his father says, Bud put in the work and continues to show an improved work ethic. Countless hours, he rehabs himself. Even today, he exercises in the morning, right before bed. He does his leg exercises, his leg kicks and everything, just to make sure he maintains his strength and everything in his leg. He did three days in the pool, 
pool therapy on his own to try to work on it. But yeah, it was countless hours of hard work and dedication by him. In fact, his father says the injury may have been a good thing for Bud because it showed him the importance of putting in the extra effort. I think through this injury, it's made him see that with that type of hard work that you can really achieve something. Prior to it, he was a hard worker on the basketball court, but he was using his athletic ability just to say, okay, well, I don't have to work as hard as some of these other guys. I don't have to run as fast and put in the extra core work that I would need to. But since that injury, you talk about being in the gym every day, doing the off-season workouts, weightlifting and everything. He's done it every day. Coach Brown believes Bud's intellect allows him to shine not only in the classroom, but on the basketball court as well. His intelligence not only helps him to understand what we want done and to do it in the right fashion, but it also enables him to understand that things are going to go wrong. You have to fight and work hard to try to get over those things. There's going to be ups and downs in all games, and he usually stays at a pretty even keel. And I think intelligence goes a long way to help him to do that. In addition to his comeback from a torn ACL, Bud enjoys giving back to his community. His father says helping out with the Special Olympics is one of his son's favorite activities. He's a volunteer with the McDowell County Special Olympics. He does that on a volunteer basis, and he goes every year with the basketball team to Morgantown. He'll assist the athletes with whatever they need. If they don't have enough, he'll help them with the basketball team and coaching and any type of activities. Ellis Bryson is proof that perseverance pays off as he has made a quick and remarkable recovery from a torn ACL. He is now a leader on and off the court for the Golden Knights, averaging over 12 points and 10 rebounds per contest. He also carries a 4.3 grade point average, and after graduation in May, he plans on enrolling at Marshall University to pursue physical therapy. With the fortitude and geniality that he displays, the future is certainly bright for the senior. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone. Thank you very much, Dylan, and uh, an opportunity there to learn more about our standout athlete of the week. Of course, we hope to talk with uh, Bud Bryson a little bit later on tonight. Also want to mention, though, that if you want to nominate someone for standout athlete of the week, you can do that at basketballnight.com. You only have to nominate them once because we (laughs) we will go through the the list. When we pick our standout athlete of the week, we don't discard anybody else that that we didn't select. So, um, But by all means... Make our choices difficult. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. We, we've had several that we've had to kind of delay as we've gone along uh, because of uh, that this year. The response has been great, though. We love getting the opportunity to let you hear a little bit more of the insight because when you go to a gym on a Friday night or a Tuesday night or the way things are now any night of the week except for Sunday, um, <laughs> you, you just see a kid in a uniform. But, Chris, there's always a lot more behind uh, – behind the the player the athlete uh, boys or girls basketball than what you just see on the floor yeah and that's one of the fortunate things i have in being a teacher is being around these kids i teach juniors at chapman regional high school so i mean i have uh, drew williamson dylan smith james ellis uh, a lot of those boys that play on the high school team there kyle browning even and uh, you get to learn a lot more about what their interests are what they enjoy uh, and they're more than a jersey they're more than a number and it's so great to see a lot of the backstory behind a lot of these players even figuring out where they came from or how hard they worked to get to where they are and the biggest factor though ryan i think is that they're great students 
the vast majority are tremendous students. They work hard. They realize that there's more beyond sports after they leave, and they really want to get their education. They really want to do well outside of high school sports and move on to college and get good jobs one day. And uh, that's one of the things that I'm always just blown away by whenever I see that in so many of these athletes because you would think some of them maybe wouldn't be as grounded as they might be. But then when you get to talk to them, you realize that uh, you know they're just great kids that really want to see a bright future for themselves. And Joe, you, you've been around high school athletes a lot as well over the years, and um, there's just something about it because I think kids that age very rarely have the perspective of someone older, and, and I think the perspective is what really uh, is the, the differing factor. It's not just necessarily simply maturity. You can see the bigger picture sometimes when you've lived through it already yeah. and look back. And, and, Joe, we see this with kids all the time, though, able to manage their time more effectively than any of us three ever could have <laughs> when we were that age. Uh, they, they get more done than we ever could have at that age as well. And you has got to be impressed by the, by, by the quality of the kids and student-athletes within the Mountain State. Number one, you got to remember, they are kids. I mean, most of them are under 18. I mean, a lot of the seniors, of course, turn 18. And they're students, and you know academics. You know, got to play a big part in the picture because if you don't have the academics, of course you can't play athletics. But these are, you know, I've always heard the uh, uh, that eighty percent of the people do no twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work, and you know some of these standout athletes kind of prove that. Uh, prove that because you know they're involved in theater they're involved in the community they're involved in this and that plus they maintain you know good grades and their standouts on the basketball court as well sometimes in tennis too Oh, absolutely. No, I've had a lot of my kids been valedictorians, and, uh, you know, that's something I'm very proud of because God knows, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to look at my college or high school GPAs because, uh, yeah, I shouldn't be sitting here. Well, see, and this is what my my point is, that, you know, there's that old saying, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. I say it all the time to my kids, I swear. It's true because once you get older, you get that perspective of, wow, if I would have just done this, things would have been easier for me along the way, and and I hope that I can impart that on uh, someone else to let them kind of see that, you know, what, what, what satisfies today can delay a lot of things later on when you could just be uh, marching through and get, getting right on along, if that makes any sense. It should. But, um, and a, a yeah, lot of these student-athletes attribute their success to their coaches because, you know, people uh, like I've – got, I've got nothing to okay, do with their success. People like Chris, <laughs> our coaches, Rick Maronin, and, you know, all these coaches that, that we know, you know, have such an influence on these kids because they spend so much time with them as well. Yeah. Well, it's time for a break. When we come back, we'll talk – about the uh, the new alignments, getting used to them this year after the reclassification from a year ago. So this year we'll see the first sectional alignments. We'll talk about how some of those are shaping up when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scorers online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Join us online, vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and we'll share the voting results. Last week, the question was, do you like the setup of the Hometown Invitational Tournament? Well, 74% of you said yes. This week's question, do you think the shot clock should be introduced in West Virginia high school basketball? 
Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday Night, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Congratulations goes out to Ellis Bud Bryson III from the Mount View Golden Knights. Ellis was selected as the standout athlete of the week this week. He joins Doug Workman, Lauren Antelock, Chandler Stacy, Emily Sarburn, Seth Meadows, Veda, Amani, and Reese Nichols. If you've got someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, nominate them to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week. Fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10-20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're just rolling right along here as we get you through another week of high school action in the state of West Virginia. Um, one score that we mentioned tonight was Greater Beckley Christian picking up a win over Mountain View. But that doesn't spoil our standout athlete of the week. Ellis Bryson, a senior from Mount View High School in Welch. Uh, he is on the phone right now. Also goes by Bud. I think the folks will know him better as Bud. He's Ellis Bryson the third. We'll go with Bud. Senior at Mount View High School joins us now on the program. And first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Oh, thank you, thank you. There we go. All right. Uh, but, but let's talk about uh, some of the things that, uh, that, that came across here on, on your nomination sheet. Uh, 12 points, 10 rebounds per game, and doing that while coming off of a knee injury. Uh, first off, tell me about the rehab process. And then uh, did, did that knee injury kind of – I mean, what, what, was, what were your thoughts? Because when it happened, that's a time of year where you can lose time and you only get four years of high school. Um, it was a tough time in my life, you know. I mean, all I really did to think about was just like trying to get back on the court with my teammates, you know. So, um, you know, through the whole process, it was just, it was, man, it was something, it was something not to really think about right now. But I mean, it stressed me not only on the court but in life as well because it taught me that you know I can do anything if I put my mind to it. You know, and it, it just really helped me out a lot, you know. But it was a really rough time in my life. Well, but we're happy that that is behind you now as uh, your ball club. Now, 6-10, and ten, um, but your team has a win over Bluefield this year, um, a win over Independence also. Uh, I, I know you're kind of in a little bit of a tough stretch right now, but it, it, do you see this team as being someone who can uh, make a threat to uh, – 
make a run once the postseason begins here in a few weeks? Um, we can do anything for our mind to, you know. Uh, all we really got to do is just, you know, come together as a team and um, just continue to get better in practice and realize that every talent that we have on the team, which we have very many of them, that um, we can do a lot, you know, in the postseason. So I'm really looking at this like is a time to figure out our weaknesses and our strengths. And in the postseason, we can go to our strengths, and that'll pretty much make us shine. Ellis, uh, I've watched you guys a couple of times this year. I was down there whenever you all played Chapmanville earlier this year. You guys really gave them a scare, too, in their holiday tournament. And this is a group of Mount View that I've seen that's been together for the last several years now. And can you talk about just the togetherness you have on that team with a lot of your teammates? Because I know a lot of you guys play football as well and basketball together, so I know you guys spend a lot of time together. Well, we've been together since uh, really our elementary days, you know, so – I mean, we got a lot of camaraderie amongst each other. So, I mean, we just, I don't know, it's really like, really pretty much like a family thing, you know? Pretty much, we pretty much call each other's, you know, brothers and everything. Outside of school, you're involved in the community as well. Uh, how, we were talking off the air. How do you find time in your schedule to, to volunteer for things like this and to help out in the community? Um... Really, it's it's kind of hard, you know. I stay in the gym a lot and we're practicing, you know, get trying to get better not only in school but in basketball as well. But every time I got a you know a chance to do something with my community, I try my best to be there for them. Because really, your community is really your backbone is what starts you in life. So if I can give as much back to them, then I'll do it, you know. This is going to be a little bit of a deep question, so I apologize for that in advance, Bud. But um, you know the, the Welch, okay. the Welch area. Um, you know, there's a, there's been a negative stigma um, in terms of some you know coal mining jobs that have gone away in that region. Um, there there are a lot of problems that every county faces, but it, especially it seems to be that McDowell County gets a lot of focus for them. Um, growing up in that community, how do you feel you can make a difference? now as you advance into being an adult? Um, that's a tough question, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, really, honestly, if I can do anything, you know, physical therapy or basketball, trying to bring jobs back to this community, I'm going to try my best to do it because, you know, even though we get a lot of, you know, bad reputation about this community, you know, we're, we're really a tight-knit community. Everybody knows everybody. You know, we're all friendly around here. Even though our rival school review, we're pretty much tough rivals in sports and academics. You know, we're really close to each other. So um, if I can do anything with basketball, then it'll try to be to give back to the community. And if I can do anything with my academics as well, it'll be some type of way to bring back jobs down there because we need them. Bud Bryson, the senior at Mount View High School, our standout athlete of the week with us on the phone and uh, let's just okay I guess I knew that was a deep topic and I appreciate you going with it there um, moving back to basketball though you've got a game with Van coming up uh, next week that's a Bulldogs ball club that beat you by nine on the road earlier this week so an opportunity to get them back down in uh, or up on the mountain down there at, at Mount View High School um, looking forward to that game obviously I would, I would presume yeah, I'm looking forward to it because that was a that was a hard loss from not only me but my teammates as well because we felt 
that we could win that game. But, you know, things kind of things kind of got rough at the end of the game, so it just it kind of went downhill. But we can bounce back from that. You know, I, I, got, I got faith in us. We can, we can do it. But once again, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week, and we certainly wish you the best in school, the best in on the floor, the best off the floor as well as you move forward. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And you know what? We oh, hold on a second. Hold on. I, I can't let you go here. I understand you do some impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got away from us there. Not gonna let that happen. Oh my god! All right. How did you hear about that? It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We have our sources. We'll just put it that way. Uh, oh my god! If you don't, if you don't want to, I'm not gonna put you on the spot. But, oh yeah, but with anything, the Super Bowl coming up, hey. I'll give you. I'll give you two options here. You got the Super Bowl coming up, so John Gruden kind of fits in there, or or you can go with Barack <laughs> Obama. Either one. Yeah, yeah, just give me a choice. Which one do you want me to do? In, in honor of the Super Bowl, <laughs> let's go with John Gruden. Okay, you got this guy, Johnny Mansfield, man. You put this guy in Spider Two Life, man. That's just one heck of a quarterback. And you got this guy, Devontae Freeman, running back for the Atlanta Falcons, man. You think this guy's not going to get 200 yards rushing, man? Jesus Christ, man. Put this guy, give this guy the ball, man. He's not Marshawn Lynch, man. This guy's got a career, man. <laughs> yeah, I was say, if for some reason the initial path doesn't work, you've got something else you can work with right there. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. And thanks for playing along. Thank you. Again, boys, you got this best of luck. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, that's Bud Bryson, Ellis Bryson the third, senior at Mountain View High School, standout athlete of the week. That was impressive. That was, that, that was that really was impressive. <laughs> Don't don't ask how we know. We That's find out things though. Frank Caliendo better watch out after that. I mean, I, and I've seen these guys play several times in football and basketball and stuff. And uh, you know that's just so great to hear. And wanting to help out the community like that. You know, anyone that's been down or through McDowell County, you know what the situations are. Or a lot of people uh, may not know that or are not from that area. But the people in that area obviously know what the situations are. And uh, and you love to hear young people want to do stuff like that. That's Tremendous. You, you heard him mention that, um, you know, the, like you said, tight knit community and so forth. That's an area that needs good role models. Every area does. Absolutely. And uh, you know, don't want to put any pressure on a kid right now, but <laughs> kids will look up to him right now. There, there are kids who are seven, eight, nine years old who look up to to Bud Bryson. Mm-hmm. Look up to any of our standout athletes. Anybody who, quite frankly, is in high school right now. There's always somebody younger watching you. Um, there's always somebody younger that looks up to you as a, kind of as a mentor or uh, more than that. So obviously when you can put your best foot forward and, and, and set a good example, anytime you can do that, it's a fantastic thing to do and does nothing but help your community in the long run. Yeah, and I've even told that to my kids in class. You're never too young to make a difference. I said just because you may not be president one day or you may not be uh, a CEO somewhere one day or a doctor or a nurse, there, there's never an impossibility of lives you can impact, whether it's just in a community or in a family even. Or you know maybe you will have a chance to influence things on a much larger level one day. But by sitting at home and doing nothing and just typing things up on Facebook and Twitter all the time, which I know is part of our job, but you know it, it, you have a chance to do something that that will last and 
doing that for a community is so important and like you said having so many of the young people involved is such a such a huge boost to the community because whenever you see that it's not just adults that can have that impact it sends a strong message to the next generation coming up and i absolutely love that we have so many kids like that uh, not just in one community but in all communities around this state well time for a break we're halfway home we'll come back with a scoreboard update as well as talk with Brad Napper, head coach of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers, the boys football club playing as well as anybody in Double A right now. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. How about a chance to graduate from college, not only with a diploma, but also prepared to thrive in an exciting, growing field? The Marshall University Sports Journalism Program might just be for you. The expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and the continued thirst for local sports coverage make sports journalism a growth industry with jobs waiting for those who earned this degree. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, coupled with the Marshall University Sports Journalism Training will equip you for success in a multi-billion dollar global industry. So bring your abilities and the desire to be the ears, eyes, and life of the game to our Huntington campus to learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd. We'll teach you how to go beyond the scores and statistics to tell compelling stories and accurately report breaking news across multiple media platforms. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's scores. Give us your comments on the game. A shout-out to our new followers, including Brandon Gregory, Emily Stoller, and Logan Copley, who helped us at the Hatfield-McCoy shootout. Thanks for that, Logan. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10.33 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Chris Kidd. Happy to have you along. And I'm still just blown away by the interview we just had with, uh, <laughs> with Bud Bryce. I, I want to meet this kid. He, you know, he just he sounds like a barrel of fun. <laughs> Uh, you know, Chris, if you're not careful, you can be replaced. Uh, well, I, I, I live that every second of every day. That's not a shock. <laughs> but, yeah, honestly, he sounds like a lot more fun than me on here. So, shoot, I, I'd gladly give up the chair for that kid. <laughs> uh, he, he, yeah. So, go away. No, I'm playing. Uh, no, uh, Better good night. <laughs> yeah. But, no, we, we, we certainly appreciate uh, everyone who nominates these kids for Standout Athlete of the Week. And we, we enjoy giving them some recognition. But, we know you're here for scores. We'll talk with Brad Knapper, head coach of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers, in just a moment. First, we'll do a scoreboard update. We'll turn uh, 
Joe loose with the first half of the boys' scores. I'll take the bottom half, and we'll let Chris have the girls' scores. So we'll start with Joe. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. Well, it was National Christian of Maryland over the Martinsburg Bulldogs tonight, 64-56 in the St. James tourney. In the Big Atlantic Classic, it was University over Ripley, 75-39. Also in that same tournament, it was the Big Reds of Parkersburg downing the Morgantown Mohegans, 56-53. It was Cameron falling to Lindsay tonight, 53-68. It was Fort Hill, Maryland over Frankfurt, 51-36. It was River uh, Hannibal Hive, River, Ohio, Ohio 58 over the Magnolia Blue Eagles, 58-34. Pendleton County downed Moorfield, 70-49. Oak Glen defeated Steubenville Catholic tonight, 56-51. It was the Greenbrier East Spartans over the Washington Patriots, 73-65. And it was the Greenbrier West Cavaliers over Calhoun County, 68-55. So a big night for the two Greenbrier high schools. It was the Van Bulldogs over Valley Wetzel tonight, 66-55. It was the Seabees of Clay Battelle over Tigers Valley, 77-72. Fedville continues to roll as they defeated Charleston Catholic, 67-46. And it was the uh, Wahama Falcons over Federal Hockey of Ohio, 63-56. And Capital, it was the Cougars over the George Washington Patriots and a tight one, 63-61. Also tonight in the hometown invitational, boys high school basketball action, Meadow Bridge defeats 170-50, the final on that one. The Independence Patriots get a win at home over Riverview tonight, 89 89- 52. It was Jefferson picking up a 13-point home victory over Hampshire, 46-33. Mingo Central, now 12-3. The Miners defeat Wayne by a final score of 86-42 up on Minor Mountain. Also tonight, Richwood defeats Montcalm, 80-53 the final in that one. It was Greater Beckley Christian defeating Mount View, 50-46. Musselman picks up a key victory in the Eastern Panhandle tonight. The Appleman defeat Hedgesville, 72-56. Chapmanville Regional goes to 14-3. We'll talk with Brad Knapper in a moment. His Tigers get the win tonight at Scott, 66-38. Shady Spring defeats Oak Hill, 47-39, the final in that one. Huntington, a 68-39 victor over St. Albans. It was Tug Valley defeating Tulsa, 67-45. Good to see those two teams playing each other once again. They had to calm that one down for a few years after a, a few years back, but good to see that back on the schedule. Ravenswood is 15-1. The Red Devils beat Tyler Consolidated 67-58. to Cole plants with 18 points, nearly a double-double, eight rebounds as well as Parkersburg South defeats Wheeling Park 64-57. Winfield spoils a big night from Polka's Luke Frampton the Generals get the win over the Dots, 61-53, despite the Davidson signee Frampton with 37 points in the loss for Polka. Also tonight, Doddridge County defeats East Hardy, 70-62. It was Taze Valley Christian over Notre Dame in the Huntington Invitational, 58-56. And Woodrow Wilson defeats Princeton, 92-53 in the Big Atlantic Classic. For the girls' scores, starting with the Lincoln Cougars, they improved to 15 and 4 after they knocked off Grafton tonight, 72 to 25. GW 
goes in and knocks off the Washington Patriots 81 to 21. Next up, Sharondoe Virginia High School defeats East Hardy 58 to 28 this evening. St. Mary's the Blue Devils victorious over Ritchie County 60 to 45. Willing Central knocks off longtime rival Charleston Catholic 50 to 23 this evening. Hampshire the Trojans Winners over Bishop Walsh Maryland High School, 65-19. to Next up, Fayetteville continues their dominance. They win 72-32 over the Valley Greyhounds. Gilmer County, winners this evening over Braxton County, 63-35. Buchanan Upshire improves to 17-2 on the season as they defeat a very game Lewis County Ball Club, 70-61 tonight. East Fairmont. Dominant over Liberty Mountaineers, 64 to 12 tonight. Fairmont Senior and North Marion, two teams we could see in just a couple of weeks on the Civic Center floor. Battle it out. North Marion comes back from 20 down, but they fall to Fairmont Senior, 78 to 75. Next up, the Highlanders of Huntington defeat Alexander Ohio High School, 77 to 48. The Lincoln Cougars, winners 72-25 over Grafton. Then you have Summers County, the Bobcats. Go for the century mark tonight as they defeat Pikeview, 106-51. Preston knocks off Robert C. Bird, 57-34. And the final score on the girls' action this evening, Williamstown proves to 14-4 as they knock off Work County, 97-41. And those are your scores from around the state of West Virginia for boys and girls here on this Basketball Friday night. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you very much, Joe. You mentioned the big victory for Chapmanville Regional tonight over Scott. Sorry, Joe. As we bring in uh, Brad Knapper, the head coach of the Tigers. And Coach Knapper, first off, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And let's just jump right in. Your ball club is beating a lot of teams right now that people maybe penciled in, not only to make it to Charleston, but to be threats to win it. You guys are uh, playing some really good basketball right now. Yeah, we've we've actually uh, actually the last couple of weeks we've been battling a lot of injuries. Uh, tonight we had three of our um, three of our main guys that were sick. Uh, a couple of them played, so so we've been battling a lot of things the last couple of weeks. But we just uh, this group just finds seems to find a way to win, and and we got a pretty good streak going, and hopefully we can keep that going. Is there any one moment that you could point to? I don't when I say turning point, that makes it sound like things were bad before and they really weren't. But any one moment that, that kind of stands out that maybe led to this stretch run of where you've played so well over the past two weeks now? No, not not really. Um, you know, I think we've played pretty good all year. I mean, we didn't we didn't play particularly well when we played Fairmont early in the year, um, and then we went to Florida and and uh, you know those the teams down there were just really good. You know, we went one and two down there and. And, uh, you know, a couple of those teams, you know, I'm not sure anybody in West Virginia would have beat them. So it wasn't like we played bad. And, and, and we competed in all those games. So it wasn't like we were playing bad. We were just playing really good competition and, and trying to make our kids better. And, and um, you know, I, I think we've, we've built depth from last year's team. Last year we, you know, we only played basically uh, six six or seven kids. And now we're playing eight, nine, ten kids every night. and. And we're getting production from different guys on different nights, and, and it's it's been really fun to watch these young guys step up. And and even with our guys that's been out hurt, you know, we've had somebody else step up each each night. So it's been really fun to watch those guys step up and grow. 
coaches, Joe Linville, you've had a couple big signature wins here just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, of course, the win over Logan. And then last Saturday night, uh, Polka came to town. You defeated him in a game that went right down to the wire. And, and you've still got Mingo Central coming up a couple of times. So things are not going to get any easier for the Tigers. No, we got we got Mingo uh, Central tomorrow, and and you know that that'll be a, a really uh, it should be a battle, and, and both teams are are uh, I think playing playing pretty good, and and uh, you know we know each other pretty well I think, and it, it should be interesting. You know, uh, um, you know we're first second place in the Cardinal Conference. Uh, you know, and these these sectional type games mean a lot as far as seating and stuff like that going into the tournament. So. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge tomorrow, and it should be a, a great atmosphere. Well, Coach Napper, uh, you thought you could get away from me tonight, but here I am anyway. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your all's win streak again. It's nine in a row. You all haven't lost this year in the 2017 calendar year yet. You've only lost one time to an in-state school. That's the defending state champion Fairmont. But in this nine-game winning streak, seven of those wins have been by 13 points or more. It's not just that you guys have been winning against teams. It's that you've been dominating teams. And we talked about at the beginning of the year the confidence level of this group after last year's state tournament run can you just talk about the mental aspect of this team as opposed to where it was last season around this time yeah i mean you know last year we we were a really young team and and you know we were unsure of ourselves especially early in the season uh, about the last eight or nine ten games we really we really start playing with a lot more confidence especially on the defensive end uh we start trusting our 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 you know, our, all of our guys instead of just one or two guys trying to dominate the ball, and and we start trusting other guys with the ball, and 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 this this that kind of carried over to this year's team, and and uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, we feel like we got nine or ten guys that we we have confidence in to put in the game, and and our other kids have our older kids, uh, our more veteran guys have have confidence in those younger players as well. And uh, you know, and those younger guys have stepped up, and they've earned that. You know, and and uh, you know, it's it's being different guys on different nights, and and I think you know, as a whole, our whole team is confident. You know, in, in what they they can do, and and, and, and in each other's abilities, and um, you know, it's it's been it's been fun so far this season, and and you know, we like I said, we've last couple weeks we've battled a lot of sickness, a lot of injury, and. You know, and, and, you know, we go into the Logan game without Kyle Browning, and I'm thinking, you know, how are these guys going to react without our guy that's, that's been our point guard for the last two years, you know, and, and, and we just had guys step up and make plays, and, and, uh, and it was, it was in the same thing against Poco. You know, we have Dylan Smith out that game, and he's our second leading scorer, and, you know, we're thinking, you know, and he's also one of our best defenders, and the guy who usually guards Luke Frampton. So, you know, I, we were thinking, you know, how are we going to stop, you know, Frampton, or how are we going to do this, or, or whatever, but it seems like somebody's always stepped up uh, and, and filled those shoes and, and, and played well. Coach Napper, Brad Napper of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers boys basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Wish you guys the best of luck tomorrow against Mingo Central and the rest of the way as well. I think we're going to be talking again a little bit later before this season ends. Thanks, guys, for having me. All right, that's again Brad Napper, head coach of the Chapmanville Regional Boys Ball Club. They're playing really good ball. I don't uh, care what they uh, – he, he kind of downplayed That's as a coach. You just want to kind of steadily move forward. But I, I look back, that ball club led Wayne by two at halftime on the road a couple of weeks ago. In the second half, they came out and played much better. 
And I don't know that that would necessarily be a t- turning point as much as just I think they got a little bit of a wake-up call. You have to go play, and they've played very well since. Yeah, and he's talked about that with his boys a lot, that sometimes they'll fade in and out here and there. But they've started to really not – do that as much anymore they're playing complete games and that's what's so impressive about them and during this stretch run is that they've come out they've jumped on top of teams from the get-go and they've been able to finish and I think if they continue to do that they stay healthy because that's been a point of contention in the last week but if they stay healthy this is going to be an extremely dangerous club and that game tomorrow night is going to be huge should be a lot of fun when those two get together Chapmanville Regional and Mingo Central where Coach Napper coached before yep. he went to Chapmanville Regional <laughs> yeah. always a little intrigue out of that when we come back we'll talk with T.G. Griff with the WY AP Radio in Clay County, and Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. As many times as I can say it, I will. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday night scoreboard. And we want to thank Network West Virginia for carrying us the whole show. And we really appreciate all the work that their engineers and technical people did. It was tough, but we got it working. And we really appreciate every one of the guys at Network West Virginia helping us get online. Channel 2 throughout West Virginia, you can watch our video stream. And what about those picks? Get your pictures featured on the video stream. And if you're watching now on Network West Virginia or YouTube or RSN's Facebook Live, we're featuring your pictures from games around the Mountain State. And we want you to send us your pictures. Send them to us at our Twitter account, at hoops underscore roundup, or RSN Sports on Twitter, RSN's Facebook or Instagram page, and we'll make sure to feature your pictures next week. Once again, we want you to follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And we've got some new followers just tonight, including Michael Gray, who is the head boys basketball coach, Webster County High School, Janet Bostick, John Daniel Franklin, Jeffrey Young, Angela Cross, Greg Varney, Brianna Jones, Caitlin Richards, and Chad Broadwater. Thank you for being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Join us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 1049 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. With you until midnight, Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, and Joe Linville. We jump right back into the phones. Let's go to T.G. Griffith, WYAP Radio in Clay County. He joins us now on the program. And T.G., welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, just a couple of notes here. Uh, of course, the boys lost to Roan County tonight by 12, and that was a closer game than the score indicated. Roan County made their free throws down. At, uh, Clay, Clay County was within four there in the waning minutes of the fourth quarter, but Roan County made their free throws, and 
and pulled that one. Now, it was a tough week for boys this week. They had Nicholas County Tuesday night, a team, uh, one of their uh, sectional rivalries that they beat um, Tuesday night and then played last night against Valley, and those were really uh, tough games. Took a lot out of the guys, but they hung in there tonight and did did fairly well. Um, the uh, Of course, our ladies won two games this week. At Roan County, that avenged a uh, earlier loss at home to Roan County, uh, and there there seemed that that put them over 500. They're seeming to play a little bit better now, getting ready for sectional play. I guess, of course, we'll see. Uh, they'll see Rick. Uh, what Tuesday night? I believe that's correct. I believe so. He was wondering if you were going to make the trip too. No, can't make it that night. Uh, he'll be disappointed. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I, I hope to. I hope, I hope you guys keep playing. I, I I will want to do that, but I couldn't. I just couldn't schedule that one in this this week. And we got we got uh, Herbert Hoover girls Wednesday night. That game's been rescheduled twice now from the regular schedule because of snow, and uh, so maybe we're hoping to get it in and uh, getting ready for a sectional play. All right. Uh, if you can help me out here just a second with the final scores. We've been, we've been working on getting those scores. Do you have the, the scores from the, the Clay County games tonight? Yeah, uh, 69-57, Roan County. All right, there we go. Um, yeah. TG, always a pleasure. Sorry we don't have a whole lot of time right now. Uh, no, right, no, right. I just wanted to touch base with you. Hey. Uh, well, glad you could have me on. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm just glad we could have you because we missed you the first yeah. half of the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, did, I didn't call in last week. We had a terrible week here. The girls lost twice and the boys <laughs> lost uh, two or three times, so I didn't really I just, didn't I have much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, uh, but, but we'll be back on again. Uh, you guys keep up the good work down there. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. That's T.G. Griffith, WYAP Radio in Clay County. And I, what I love about having him on the program is that all you got to do is introduce him and kind of go, floor's yours. Just goes. And, 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 he, and he nails it. <laughs> and he tells it like it is. He too. tells it like it is. Absolutely. And, and he's concise and precise. Love it. Love talking about that. You know, last week your seat was occupied by Craig Dutton, WRRR Radio in St. Mary's, Chris. So yeah. – I don't know if we've up or downgraded or just graded, but uh, something changed. Anyway, Craig, Craig oh, there, oh, see, Craig's giving you a compliment. All right. Oh, good. thank you, Craig. I, I thought we'd flatlined with me this week. I wasn't sure. Hey, Craig, Craig actually did a pretty good job because we just kind of drug him in off the out of the hallway and throwed him in the seat. You know. It's... No, guys, it, 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 I, was, I enjoyed it last week. Everyone from Seven Ranges Radio, we really enjoyed our visit down there at Marshall University and to see the set. And honestly, it's been a wonderful week for basketball for St. Mary's. They've had a really good week for boys and girls action. I even get to see more tomorrow. I'm going to be doing PA for the girls' uh, hometown tournament championship at Doddridge County. So I've got a busy weekend in front of me. So if you get there <laughs> early enough, you'll see Coach Marone, right? Yes, I will. I'm finally going to get to see him tomorrow in that <laughs> 1 o'clock game they have versus Cameron. So, you know, for once, he, there, even though he's not there tonight, I'll finally get to see him, you know, tomorrow, when, whereas he was sick last week. But all the way back to last Saturday, St. Mary's boys had a big win over Parkersburg Catholic. That win started to put them in the driver's seat to maybe get to the night of champions at Glenville State College. And they got that win over Richie just the other night. Um, but that win over Catholic was huge. A uh, three-point, 52-49 win 
didn't get the side till the end. Catholic ran the time off with about two minutes to go, and they drew a foul off senior Chris Riggs. That would force an inbound play. On the inbound, Will Billiter was able to grab hold of the ball. I thought he had last touch. Official called it the other way. It was last touch by Catholic. So St. Mary's gets the ball six seconds to go. And as they do the inbound, they get it in cleanly to Sam Kincaid. He goes up for a three, is fouled, and he goes to the line, makes all three free throws. Catholic does the same thing. St. Mary's is forced to foul in that situation, try to prevent any big play with three seconds to go. And uh, I'm not going to say player. He missed all three free throws, which would seal the fate in that game. And as it stands right now, St. Mary's has a backways chance of playing for the LKC championship in boys, but they need Parkersburg Catholic to go down to the pit and beat Ravenswood to have any conversation start up. And Ravenswood, as we talked about, is a team right now, they're, they're going to be the top team right now. They, you know, there's a little bit of luck that goes involved with that. Ravenswood's a team right now that I feel is on a mission. St. Mary's tonight, and Lady Devils, uh, they upset Ritchie County. They won 60-45 to tonight. So it's been a very, very good week uh, for the Blue Devil teams. Also coming with wins versus Tyler Consolidated earlier this week. Solid week for the Blue Devils, boys and girls teams. Busy, but successful. Craig WRRR Radio. Um, Craig, uh, again, it was good to meet you last week. Well, not meet you. I already had met you before. It was good to have you down here last week. (laughs) I've never met him before. We got to that bowling (laughs) challenge. You know, I mean, we... Yes, yes. We did not schedule the bowling challenge last week, which was disappointing to me. I kind of wanted Coach Marone to still be in on that, but um, definitely the, the basketball Friday night in West Virginia bowling team will will have it out with the Seven Ranges crew at some point. <laughs> Sounds good. And I'll try to keep you guys updated on Twitter tomorrow with all the hometown tournament. I don't have results from tonight's games. I'll try to get with Mike DePasquale from Tigers Valley and see if I can get some finals from that earlier this evening as well. Sounds good. Always appreciate it. Craig, have a good weekend. All right, thank you guys. You have a wonderful night too. All right, that's Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it does. And I watched some of the show last week just to try and get ready for this week, too. And I thought it did an amazing job, too, uh, just coming in on short notice meal to fill in. And, uh, you know, sounds like St. Mary's doing a great job up there again this year. Again, they've been in the state finals in, in girls last few years or in recent years as well, getting a big win tonight too. So that's a big turnaround for them. And then even looking at their season thus far on the boys' side, I mean, uh, they've, got a, they've got a lot of promise to try and move forward once sectionals come around and possibly pull off a couple of upsets and maybe get to Charleston. You just never know once the postseason gets underway and we're getting closer and closer to that. Coming up after the break, we'll talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Uh, he, we, we, I've got some questions for Bo. Uh, I, 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 something came we up. Always have something questions. came up last week that I just thought was uh, I wanted to share. I'm looking forward to uh, to talking with Bo and, and finding out if I was right, wrong, or you know maybe I need a new fan manual, so to speak. That's something we'll talk about when we get back. We'll also have a full scoreboard update for you. The third and final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins after this break on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be. 
on Friday nights after the game. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We welcome our newest affiliate, Network West Virginia. If you've got Sudden Link Cable, we're on Channel 2, Network West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Talk 92.5, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRC, LP, and Spencer, 94 Rock, WRLF, in Fairmont, 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington, 97.9 97.9 FM WSPWLP in Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 106.7 FM WHFI in Linside, 95 The Sports Fox WBS in Charleston, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3, Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP, Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. It's 11 o'clock on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. With you until midnight, Ryan Epling alongside Chris Kidd and Joe Linville. Um, Another full night of basketball in the Mountain State. Before we get to our scoreboard and before we get to our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Guys, the weather. The weather's held up. (laughs) I don't want to touch the desk again. What about the groundhog? I've about taken out this set about three times tonight. (laughs) uh, You mentioned that that rodent up in – Pennsylvania saying there's going to be more winter. Like I said, Pucks and Tony Phil, he's a rodent when he's raw, or when he says more winter. He's a prized national treasure when he says it's going to be an early spring. <laughs> he's a meteorologist. Which is not very often. Well, I'm a teacher, so I don't mind snow all the time, you know? Hey, you know, I have <laughs> to <worse> I, kids. <laughs> you know how you find out about those school closings and delays other than those automated calls? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I have to deal with that. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> So, so no, say no to snow. Oh, those early morning newscasts can uh, so be a new PSA. In the <laughs> state. Say, just say no to snow. Um, again, we'll have our resident referee Bo Anderson in a moment. I, we got always have questions for him, and he's so kind to always answer for us. But first, it's time for a check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. All right, let's get started here on the boys' side. National Christian Maryland defeats the Martinsburg Bulldogs tonight 64-56. to The University Hawks continue to dominate as they are 15-1 now as they knock off the Ripley Vikings 75-62. 
to 39. The Morgantown Mohegans fall to the Parkersburg Big Red tonight, 56 to 50. Lindsley victorious over Cameron, 68 to 53. Fort Hill Maryland High School defeats Frankfurt, 51 to 36. River Hannibal Ohio winners tonight over Magnolia, 58 to 34. Pendleton County knocking off Moorefield, 70 to 49. The Oakland Golden Bears, winners tonight over Steubenville Catholic, 56-51. Greenbrier East, knocking off Washington, 73-65. And their counterparts in Greenbrier, the western side, the Cavaliers, knocking off Calhoun, 68-55. The Van Bulldogs continue to stay hot as they defeat Valley, the Lumberjacks, 66-55. Next up, we have Clay County falling tonight to Roan County, 69-57. Clay Battelle winning in a shootout tonight over Tigers Valley, 77-72. Fayetteville remains undefeated as they defeat Charleston Catholic, 67-46. Wahama winners tonight over Federal Hawking Ohio High School, 63-56. The Capital Cougars defeat George Washington in a nail-biter in a matchup between two Dominant AAA teams thus far this season as Capital wins at 63-61 and Meadowbridge knocking off hundreds 75-50. And here for the second half scores Joe Limble. And it was the Independence Patriots defeating Riverview tonight, 89-52. The Jefferson Cougars hosting the Hampshire Trojans pick up a win, 46-33. It was the Miners of Mingo Central defeating the Wayne Pioneers, 86-42. The Lumberjacks of Richwood went on the road to defeat Montcalm, 80-53. Greater Beckley Christian defeats Mountview tonight, 50-46. It was the Appleman of Musselman picking up the win over Hedgesville, 72-56. Chapmanville, the Tigers went on the road to defeat the Scott Skyhawks by a score of 66-38. Shady Spring defeats Oak Hill, 47-39. It was the Red Dragons of St. Albans falling to the Huntington Highlanders, 68-39. Tug Valley defeated Tulsa, 67-45. It was Tyler Consolidated, Falling to the Red Devils of Ravenswood, 67-58. Parkersburg South picks up a win as they defeat Wheeling Park, 64-57. Big night for Luke Frampton, but it was not enough for the Polka Dots as the Winfield Generals knocked off Polka, 61-53. Doddridge County defeated East Hardy, 70-62. It was Taze Valley Christian picking up a win tonight over the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And it was the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles defeating the Princeton Tigers, 92-53. I just want to know who won the wing-eating contest. We'll also go to girls basketball tonight. Lincoln defeats Grafton, 72-25. It was Huntington St. Joe defeating Carolina Prep from uh, from North Carolina. It wouldn't be from New York. That'd be weird. 81-47 was the final. St. Joe beats Carolina Prep, North Carolina. George Washington defeats Washington in the Big Atlantic Classic, 81-21. Also, girls' high school basketball action tonight. Sharando, Virginia, defeats East Hardy, 58-28. It was St. Mary's over Ritchie County, 60-45. Jordan Fox, 27 points in the victory for the Blue Devils. The Wheeling Central Maroon Knights are 18-1 after they take care of Charleston Catholic tonight in Wheeling. 50-23 the final in that one. Hampshire defeats Bishop Walsh, Maryland, 65-19. 
Fayetteville is 13-2. The Pirates beat Valley Fayette tonight, 72-33. Gilmer County beats Braxton County, 63-35. It was Buchanan Upshur, 70. Lewis County, 61. Allie Robinson, 22 points for the Buccaneers in the win. East Fairmont defeats Liberty Harrison, 64-12. It was a tight one that went to overtime, and Fairmont Sr., despite having a 20-point third-quarter lead and seeing it erased, wins in the overtime session at North Marion, 78-75 the final. North Marion's Kristen Tobin, Krista Tobin goes over 1,000 career points, but it happens in a loss. Huntington gets a 77-48 win over Alexander, Ohio. Jordan Dawson breaks the Huntington High School all-time career points record, which had been held by Tavian Dunmartin on the boys' side. Also tonight, Lincoln defeats Grafton, 72-25. Summers County, 106. Pikeview, 51. Whitney and Brittany Justice both nominated for McDonald's All-American status tonight at that game. Preston defeats Robert C. Bird, 57-34 the final. And it was Williamstown over Work County, 97-41. As a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. I surprised you with something there, Joe? No. I'd went out and done a little research and I stole it. Didn't he I? stole it. Yeah, that's, that's all right. That's what I'm here for. That's all right. Everybody do your research just, and I just take it away. I'll take you're all on the top of your game. It. That's right. Let's just go let's just jump right in. It's time to welcome our basketballnight.com resident referee. Bo Anderson is with us as we try to make it two weeks in a row without cutting Bo off. <laughs> Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Hey, I'm here, buddy, and uh, hopefully you won't cut me off. I uh, I got a good record last week, so we'll try to keep the string going. All right, let's just jump right in. A situation that I saw unfold in a junior varsity high school game, and we all know that junior varsity games can be a little odd. Um, it, it, it revolves around an honest mistake and the wrong shooter being involved with free throws. I'll, I'll set this up for you. Um, a One of the players... One of the home team's players shot a three, missed. Home team got the rebound on the putback, a whistle blew, and the person who got the rebound had been bumped. I mean, there, there, there was contact, and the whistle blew right as he went back up for the putback attempt, missed the shot. He goes to the line, shoots two free throws. The official comes in and says, no, 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 there's one more. Then the officials get together and decide that the wrong shooter has shot and the foul was actually called on the three point shot. It was just a late whistle. <laughs> Hope you're feeling better, Bo. What happens there? Though? Yeah, I'm fine. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, was that uh, is that something that the you know the, the official should have caught immediately when you know that's that's a good faith? Because I'll tell you what they did. They charged a technical foul to the home team for using the wrong shooter. Mm, no, I mean. First of all, you know, if you had the foul on the shot on the three-point shot, you would blow the whistle down, have the foul, and put the correct shooter on the line. If you had the foul on the rebound, you would put that correct shooter on the line. If, you know, someone had the foul on the three-point shooter and the whistle wasn't heard and there's a rebound and there's a, you know, a foul there, then you would need to get together. Uh, That's... um, how do I put that? That's probably not very good communication on somebody's part. Now, you know, and that's not, I mean, that's, I mean, that's something that they've done within the uh, time frame of a corrective error, but 
Uh, no, not unless you have designated or know that a player from the team that's going to shoot free throws is intentionally trying to take those free throws and shoot them. Uh, that's when you have a technical foul. Now, I've, I've had a, a – it was a long time ago. I had uh, – there used to be a coach who would try to put another shooter on the line to see if you were paying attention – and without me having to call any technicals, my polite thing that I did was I said, the next time someone goes to the line and I haven't put them there, we're going to have a technical. <laughs> and so that stopped. Um, that is that is something purposely, but no, something that an official does, uh, you know, because they should have been designating the free throw shooter. Uh, that that sounds like some bad communications, what that sounds like to me. I'll tell you what, Bo, I, I've had a few flubs over the last 10 years or plus whenever I've been announcing games, and a lot of it's just ignorance of the rules on some of those things. Well, one of the ones that I've had uh, some trouble with over the years and you know, I've, I've seen is traveling with a pivot foot sometimes. Again, whenever I see a kid lift this pivot foot, uh, I've always said on the radio, well, that was a travel and so forth. And then finally I got uh, corrected the other night. Uh, by an official who had been doing it for a long time and said, well, just because he lifts his pivot foot doesn't necessarily mean that it's a travel. And, and I even saw one with uh, with an air ball one night. I, a kid shot, missed it, got it back, and continued to dribble after that, and I called it a double dribble, and then was told later on, no, actually, that's not the case. Can you explain either of those rules or both of those rules to maybe clarify and help someone like me who you know only does this for a living? <laughs> Why, sure. I like to clear up real mistakes. That's, that's part of the job. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, first things first, all right, on the pivot clutch. A lot of people don't pay any attention, and they're not focused like the officials are. So what I'll tell you to do uh, that will help you know whether it's traveling or not is every time a player catches a pass, the first thing that we should look at is the feet. Okay, now not everybody does that, and everybody wants that looks funny call, you know, and again, that's page 1100 of the fans' manual, it looks funny, okay? But that's not the case. So once you watch the player catch the ball, then you've got to know, okay, number one, which foot hit the floor first? If one hits the floor followed by the other, the first one touched the pivot. The pivot can get picked up, and they can stand there with one foot in the air and either shoot a shot or pass it. Now, they can't dribble it because they got to let go of the ball before the pivot foot got picked up. Now, one that they always fuss at a lot that they don't understand is the true jump stop. And the true jump stop is catch the ball in the air, land on one foot, and jump off that foot to both feet. Now, neither can pivot, so he's got to start a dribble, or he can pick one of them up and shoot a layup. But a lot of confusion is they don't understand the pivot foot rule, and they don't understand which foot is the pivot foot. Uh, and I'm going to say something that people don't understand. Uh, the quote-unquote Euro step is most of the time legal because huh. the only thing it is is a side step instead of a straight step. So you think about it. A player's dribbling the ball. They pick it up. They, they're going to shoot a right-hand layup. So they step with their left first like you teach all the kids to do. 
okay, and they go up with it. If they don't step straight at it, it's still you're allowed to step and a half. And people think because the euro <laughs> step is actually just a step to the side instead of going straight. So because it looks funny, everyone thinks it's traveling when it really isn't unless they still do like normal to get the traveling call and take two steps, which means pick their pivot foot up and then take the extra step and put the pivot foot down and go back up again. So a lot of people get confused about that because sometimes everybody wants something that looks funny, but they're not always focused on what they need to be. Uh, the second part of your question is on the shot. Once a shooter shoots and is attempting a field goal, there is no more team control. Therefore, anyone can get that basketball. So if he knows he's going to shoot an air ball, he can run and get that ball and actually either start dribbling again or put it back up or take his step and a half to lay it in. Whatever he needs to do that's legal that he could do if he had the ball the first time, he's allowed to do again. I'm not going to so, enjoy no admitting that do. I was wrong <laughs> tomorrow night to the official that told me these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> we like to hear whenever, whenever they understand that they were wrong to start with. Uh, you know, sometimes I wish that they understood the rules a little bit more like, like me, but uh, that's not always the case. And I had that play happen in a game a couple times where the shooter shot the air ball and went and got it. And the coach was, ah, travel. And I said, coach, just trust me. I'll be with you after a while and I'll explain it to you, but it's not traveling because there's no team control during a, during a shot. So the ball's in the air, no team control there, any man, any man or girl's ball, whichever you're playing. Bo Anderson, our resident referee. Always a pleasure, Bo. We've got to let you go. We've got to get a break. When we come back, we'll have our power ratings updated. We'll also talk with Jared West of Notre Dame High School, as well as Lynn Frederick, the PA announcer for Gilmer County. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. This week's question, do you think the shot clock should be introduced in West Virginia high school basketball? Give us a yes or a no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight. And, of course, we'll share the results tonight at the end of the show. What about those picks? You like those picks if you're watching? Many ways to watch Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Big thank you to Network West Virginia for carrying the show. You can also watch on YouTube or RSN's Facebook page. Go to basketballnight.com, one click to watch from there. We're featuring pictures from games around the Mountain State, and we want you to send them in to us. You can do that by our Twitter account, at hoops underscore roundup, or RSN Sports, or RSN Sports' Facebook page, or their Instagram page. We'll pick them up next week. We'll share them with everybody. A shout-out to our newest follower tonight, Jeannie Lowe. 
Thank you for following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Also, Michael Gray, head boys basketball coach, Webster County High School, Janet Bostick, John Daniel Franklin, Jeffrey Young, Angela Cross, Greg Varney, Brianna Jones, Caitlin Richards. They're all following us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It is 11-18 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville. Chris Kidd with us as well, but with us right now is Marcus Constantino. We'll go to the phone lines in just a moment, talk with Jared West, uh, senior at Notre Dame. Also talk with Lynn Frederick, PA announcer for Gilmer County. But first, Marcus, time for an update of our power ratings. All right, starting golf in class AAA with the girls, our basketballnight.com power ratings. Um, the AAA top five staying the same. Huntington staying in at number one. Buchanan Upshur at 17-2 and two is number two. South Charleston, number three. Martinsburg, number four. Greenbrier East coming in at number five. Moving down to girls AA. Bluefield coming in at number one. Winfield moves up a spot to number two. Wyoming East. The Lady Warriors up to number three. North Marion drops two. Down into number four, Fairmont Senior rounds out the top five. And on to the girls' single-A power ratings. Wheeling Central at number one. Summers County, 16-2, and two, comes in at number two. St. Joe is number three. Tucker County, number four. And Gilmer County is number five. Moving on to the boys' basketballnight.com power ratings. In AAA, University keeps the top spot at number one. But Capital at 13-3 and three moves up. To number two. Morgantown is down to number three with a 12 and 3 record. Woodrow Wilson coming in at number four, moving up three spots this week in the basketballnight.com power ratings, and GW drops one into the number five spot. Moving on to boys double A. Fairmont Senior comes in at number one. Chapmanville and Polka doing a switcheroo. Chapmanville at number two, 14 and three. Polka 11 and four coming in at number three. Bluefield still at number four. Mingo Central coming in at number five. And finally, the basketballnight.com class single A boys power ratings. Willing Central still at number one with a 16 and one record. Fayetteville perfect, but at number two, 16 and 0. Ravenswood number three. Notre Dame number four. Ravenswood and Notre Dame switching it up this week. And Gilmer County rounds out the top five. And that's the basketballnight.com power ratings. You can check them out in just a few minutes at basketballnight.com. Thank you very much, Marcus. And, and Joe, you, you got a chance to, to listen to those power ratings. And, and look, we knew when we started this that there would be some anomalies early on. I, it feels like those are starting to work themselves out and, and things are, are starting to be where, they yeah, where be. we're getting more data and what is thought to be correct, at least at this point. Yeah, I think I shared this a few weeks ago. Uh, I do the power ratings. I share them with the Alan Hatcher Show on WVOW there in, on Saturday mornings. Great show. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, the first week I did it, Alan Hatcher looked at me and said, where in the world did you get that information? I mean, it, and, but last week when I did them, he, 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 hey, the light bulb came on. He said, okay, I see where you're going because, you know, we're only using in-state West Virginia you know, opponents, and uh, he said, yeah, they're more reasonable now. So Tonight, 
St. Uh, excuse me, Notre Dame lost in Huntington to Taze Valley Christian by two. Jared West playing in what will be his collegiate town tonight. He is uh, the point guard or star guard for the Irish and a Marshall University basketball signing. He joins us now on the program. And uh, Jared, let's just jump right into it. I know it's a difficult loss tonight, but big picture wise, you're ten and five. Four of those losses have been by one possession. You're not that far off. Right, yeah. Um, we've gotten a lot better. We've played a lot of good teams. Um, five losses. We had a chance to win in all of them. Had the lead in all of them. So we're right there. We just got to finish them out. And this is obviously your last chance to, uh, to, to get into Charleston and get a ring. And do you, do you feel the pressure of that? At this point, or are you just kind of enjoying, hey, it's, it's your senior season, your college has already been taken care of as you signed with Marshall, and uh, really this is just all about pride and, and, and going out there and trying to trying to get one in your last chance? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, the state championship is definitely the ultimate goal uh, for me and my team. I'm trying to have fun now that I'm committed in time, not I'm going to play college basketball, but your ball club tonight losing to Taze Valley Christian in the Huntington Invitational. So you got to play in Huntington tonight. I know it wasn't at the Cam Henderson Center, but uh, any, any, any feelings about playing in where in the same town where you'll be playing the next four years? <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. It was a, a pretty good atmosphere there. I'm excited to play here in Marshall and Huntington. No, they're doing pretty good right now. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun though. Well, and I have to ask now that now that you are signed with Marshall, when your dad was a, a WVU very good player for the Mountaineers, uh, people remember the shot to beat Cincinnati in the uh, Sweet or to get to the Sweet Sixteen a few years. It's been a few years ago now. But um, any, how did your dad handle your decision to go to Marshall? Um, it's pretty ironic, but he was. Happy about it. He didn't mind me uh, showing the Marshall just because he was WVU. He's actually excited that I went there. He thought it was a good fit. So he was on board with this. Hey, Jared, you get the opportunity uh, Monday, I believe, to play uh, in Charleston. I uh, think that might be a tune-up, give you a little more inspiration uh, to make you make it back there in March. Oh, definitely. It's going to be a good experience playing there. Um, it'll be different without all that the atmosphere but you know it's good it's going to be good to play there jared west the senior guard of the notre dame fighting irish they lose tonight to taste valley christian they play tomorrow against st joe quick turnaround and getting to, to play that game again once again in huntington tomorrow uh in in many ways this is an opportunity to get the bad taste of tonight's game right out and and throw it behind you and get right back onto a, a winning path tomorrow Oh, definitely. Yeah, we lost tonight, but uh, we got to get that out of our mind and be ready to play tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a good test for us. Um, and it's a, definitely a good game for us to be playing uh, right after the loss. You know, it's a big game tomorrow. I think it's a good team. we got to come out ready to play. Jared West, Notre Dame High School Fighting Irish, Marshall University signee uh, from Clarksburg on the program. Jared, always a pleasure to talk with you. I know we've got a game early tomorrow, so we'll let you get away from us here tonight, but uh, certainly wish you the best of luck, and uh, we'll definitely keep up with you as we get closer to the postseason. All right, sounds good. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. All right, it's Jared West from Notre Dame High School. And um, Before we go to 
Lynn Frederick, the public address announcer at Gilmer County. We'll do that in just a second. But, Chris, I, he, he talked there. Four of those five losses are by between one and three points. That's just one possession. This team is on the cusp. And, then, and that, that record's going to be deceiving when it comes to postseason top of them. Yeah, and they've been there for several years. I mean, you go back to the heartbreaking loss they had to Magnolia two years in the state tournament in the quarterfinals. And then just looking at this year, Ryan, I actually saw this. They were up 17 in the third quarter at Willing Central, lost that game. Up 18 against Bishop Donahue, lost that game in the final minutes. Parkersburg Catholic were up 12 at their place, ended up losing in that one. And were up 6 in the fourth quarter against Willing Central the second time and lost that one as well. So like you said, these are games where they have been right there tonight, fell by 2, and they've played an extremely tough schedule. I, I saw the other day 12 of their first 13 games were against teams that were either ranked or were ranked in the state whenever they played against each other. So Jared West Sr. has definitely put together a very daunting schedule for his team, but he wants them to be battle-tested. And again, Jared West Jr., he's a tremendous talent and been a lot of fun to watch because he's been starting since he was a freshman in this state, and he's just a dynamic player, and it's great to keep him in this area specifically. Go right back to the phone lines now to Lynn Frederick, public address announcer of Gilmer County High School. And Lynn, another successful night for the Lady Titans on the floor of Gilmer County. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, it was the uh, kind of the end of an era tonight for uh, for this uh, class. We had five seniors. Tonight was senior night at Gilmer County High School. Uh, that was a, <clears throat> a little bit of emotional uh, winning this group to go through the high school. Of course, they have the state championship on their resume. They're trying to add another one. But... Uh, Fortunately, there wasn't too much drama to the game. Uh, the, unfortunately, there was an injury. Uh, one of our girls went down with a uh, sprained ankle tonight. But uh, on the floor, uh, it was a good result, and the girls played great. They, they get the win tonight. Um, a, a nice win over Braxton County, 63-35 to 35 was the final. And you talk about the emotions. I don't know how the – is it set up to where Gilmer County would – would get home games in the sectional or would it just have to win the section to get that uh, state play-in game at home? Uh, the, the sectionals, I believe, will be at Gilmer County High School. So, I mean, they will have that. And I'm pretty sure that they would host the region, too, as long as they're the top seed. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I anticipate at least two or three more games at Gilmer County High School this year. But, of course, tonight with the – official senior night uh came all the pageantry of that so and that's definitely a senior class that deserves uh that recognition and, and any it gets as well you know the boys and girls again gilmer county's boys and girls uh, right up there with fayetteville in terms of if you combine their records just uh in- incredible uh how they're doing and we talked about the boys team throughout the year as well as the girls who won the state championship a year ago but um the boys team getting a, a win over Sherman last night in the Raleigh County Convention Center. And, uh, it's a, you know, Gilmer County's boys are, uh, are doing very well and getting ready to make a trip into Charleston to take on Lincoln County next week. Yeah, um, they've had a great season. I think they've won 13 straight now. Uh, I, uh, I don't know that they're still getting their, that they're, they're full due. Uh, I think that they're pretty widely overlooked, but, I mean, they're, they're doing a great job. Like I said, they've won 13 in a row. Uh, Tuesday, they play Lincoln County. Uh, actually, the girls do as well. The girls and boys will be playing Lincoln County on Tuesday. So that'll be uh, 
big challenge for both of them. Um, uh, the girls have to follow that up with Williamstown uh, later in the week, who we just played in a two-point game this past Wednesday. And then the boys will turn around and play Braxton County Friday after that, who we had a, a two-point game with earlier this year at Gummer County High School. So uh, it should be a, an interesting but tough weekend for both programs. Sounds like a lot of fun as well. Lynn Frederick, PA announcer for Gilmer County. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. And we'll step aside right now, take a break. When we come back, talk about those alignments. And I've got some, some statistical information for you from a friend of mine who was from Hearts Creek originally. Oh, I think I know who this is. There you go. That's when Basketball <laughs> Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State or you can watch us on YouTube, Facebook Live, and Network West Virginia. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. A big thank you tonight to everyone that called, sent texts, tweets, emails. We really appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. A shout-out to new followers on Twitter, including WHS Boys Basketball, Kitty Dooley, Aaron Grant, Cody Seelbach, Terry Thomas, Tyler Brown, Ray White, Blue Ridge School, and Bruce Hanlon. They're following us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Don't forget, you've got about 15 minutes for the poll question tonight. This week's question, do you think the shot clock should be introduced in West Virginia high school basketball? Go to basketballnight.com and click yes or no. 11.45, we'll give you the results. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It is 11.33 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Limble, alongside Chris Kidd, making his debut on this side of the production side of uh, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. That's right. We didn't just make him join us by phone <laughs> from across the room. We let him on camera tonight and um, Chris, this is a year where a lot of schools uh, saw, saw a shakeup because of the reclassification. And while it doesn't necessarily affect the football postseason because that's still the same playoff rating system, basketball-wise, a lot of different sectionals and uh, regional setups than what 
people might be used to. Yeah, and Double A's just been bombarded with teams this season, and it's just made these sectional alignments so difficult to figure out, and even where to play these games. Uh, you know, that's been a big point of contention down where we're from. Uh, Joe is where they're going to play all these games at. Well, let, let me give you some perspective real fast. Berkeley Springs and Philip Barber are in the same section. Uh, if you need a map, those aren't very close to one another. No. <laughs> Grafton is also in that section. You've got uh, Weir and Oak Glen in a section with North Marion. Those really aren't all that close. That's the tip top of the Northern Panhandle. Um, you know, and, and it, it's it's a geographically challenged state. I don't know that there's yeah. any, I don't know that there's anything wrong with the way they were drawn up. It's just going to be some difficult trips when it comes to postseason play. Oh, definitely. And I mean, we've even seen that in other sports too. You know, with. Uh, I'm sorry I keep bringing up tennis, but that's what I coach. <laughs> but I even talked to a Williamstown coach, and they're going to have to go five hours to play a team this year because they're up north. The other team's on the eastern panhandle, and it's just, you know, it's difficult to understand how some of these things work. Like I even mentioned you before we went on the air. Uh, the Man Hillbillies are within a 20-some mile radius of Chapmanville and Logan, and yet in, in our tennis region, they're not even in our region together. They're with Bluefield and so forth. And, I mean, we've got Ravenswood and Winfield and all these teams that are in there with us as well. But going back to the basketball part of all this, Ryan, I don't know. You've probably heard about this, uh, may, maybe, maybe not, but for everyone out there that hasn't, the way they're going to do the sectionals for uh, Logan, Chapmanville, Mann, Lincoln, uh, Mingo. Lincoln County. Uh, Lincoln County, excuse me, yeah. Yes, I always, I always have to include that at the end of it so I don't get the, the other half mixed up. But, you know, all six of those teams, they're going to have to play at different venues. So if Logan and Chapmanville play, they're going to play that game at Mingo Central. If Mingo Central and Chapmanville play, they're going to play that game at Logan. If Mingo Central and Logan play, they're going to play it at Chapmanville. And then they're, they're going to stagger these games at different times. And I think that's, that's a little bit uh, – it's unfortunate because you don't get to watch both games in the same venue like what you've seen in the past. And, you know, I've heard that, well, if you bring your ticket stub from one game to the next, they'll still let you in. But you're going to miss a good portion of that game. And uh, that kind of ruins the ambiance of going to a tournament game in that situation. And, you know, I know it was because a lot of the coaches didn't want to play uh, on one floor that was familiar to somebody else, but uh, it, it, it is kind of a shame that you're not going to have all those teams in one venue. You know, you're taking away your hometown and your home floor advantage. You're taking away the crowd because a lot of people will not travel from Chapmanville to Minor Mountain to watch a basketball game. Yes. So it, it, it's kind of tough. It, it will be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Let's go right back to the phone lines to West McKinney W. A-E-Y radio in Princeton. And Wes, tonight it didn't go well for the Tigers, but I guess the bigger question is, how was the wing-eating competition at halftime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it was, you know, I was getting all kind of responses. Uh, the people of Parkersburg South weren't real happy because they'd gone to the Big Atlantic three consecutive years and I never got the pleasure of seeing a wing-eating competition. It was something to behold. I didn't get the name of the guy that won, um, but in five minutes you had to eat as many wings as and – I, and I don't know the flavor, so uh, <laughs> I apologize for that. I assume it was hot, but I'm not real sure. Um, but I do know you had five minutes to eat as many as possible, and the guy that won ate 16 in five minutes. That's wow. pretty impressive. 
Were the bones clean? <laughs> I don't know that, but I but I do know it was bones, which I'm a big advocate of. You can't have chicken wings unless it's with the bones. So I was I was impressed that it was with the bone and they weren't boneless. But but uh, what made me happy, guys, is the fact that everyone. I guess maybe on Media Row, I thought it was everyone in the crowd, but everyone on Media Row got $5 off a $25 order of Buffalo Wild Wings from now through Sunday. So you know where I'm going to be tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Which one are you going to? I I might show up. Uh, (laughs) Since you got the gift card. (laughs) Probably the Beckley one. That's probably the closest for me. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Chris doesn't want to go to Beckley, apparently. But... um, (laughs) Was, I like Beckley. Yeah, yeah, he likes Beckley. It's just not convenient. That's what it boils down to. But uh, that's a tough game tonight for Princeton. And Woodrow Wilson's been a little up and down, a little inconsistent. But uh, I think they got the really good Woodrow Wilson team tonight. Yeah, and guys, you know what's funny? Well, you know, I, I shouldn't say funny, but what's ironic is Woodrow may have played their best game of the year without their best player. Breland Walton apparently um, got hurt. I believe it was Wednesday night against George Washington. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people around the state know how good he is. Um, and the fact that, I mean, I've heard some people say that he may be done um, for the year. So, I mean, that's a tough blow for Woodrow. But Woodrow, just just their guards are just so athletic. Uh, you know, Isaiah Francis, um, Mikey Penn's really good. Bryce Radford can really shoot it uh, from the outside. And, um, you know, Woodrow shot 75% from three tonight. When you shoot 75% from three, I don't care if it's three out of four, you know, Whatever it may be, you know, if you do that six out of eight, whatever, you know, I mean, but Woodrow made a bunch of threes tonight. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I mean, when you shoot 75% from three and as athletic as Woodrow is at getting into the paint, Princeton didn't want to have a chance. And, you know, Princeton was coming off, you know, one of their top two biggest wins of the year, beating Graham on Tuesday night. And, you know, he's hoping maybe Princeton, you know, could at least hang with Woodrow for a little while. You know, you figured at some point Woodrow's depth and athleticism was going to take over, but Woodrow started the game 21 nothing, and, you know, Princeton was never really in the game. Now, if you score the game minus the first quarter, Princeton only lost by 14 tonight. So, I mean, I guess, you know, you can look at that. I thought Princeton's bench played well, um, but, uh, you know, guys, Princeton kind of put that one in, in their back pocket here quick, because then, uh, let's see, it's 11.40, so in 11 hours, Princeton's going to take the court again in Beckley and play Ripley tomorrow morning. Well, that's a quick turnaround. It's too early for wings. He'll yeah, go after yeah, the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's when, if you win, you go celebrate. If you lose, you try to wash away your misery and there you go, go anyway. <laughs> there you go. Hey, West McKay, Radio in Princeton. Always a pleasure. Voice of the Princeton Tigers. Look forward to talking to you again next week. We'll see you then, guys. All right. Take care. That's, again, Wes McKinney. Um, I, wonder if, I wonder if he called the, the wing-eating contest. I should have asked him. If he did play by play for the wing eating during the halftime of his it's broccoli. Sounded uh-huh. like he really got into it. So yeah, that's I mean, how he did. It's like the Nathan's hot dog. They turned that into uh, the a mono a mono battle of, <laughs> of the Titans and that. I'm like, these are people like downing like thousands of calories of hot dogs. What what is the glorifier? But you know, I that'd have been nice to I'm gonna have to introduce that at the next game I'm at. There you go. <laughs> you need a sponsor for that. Here oh, we yeah. go. Let's go back to the phone lines. <laughs> Free BW three. Yeah. Back to the phone line to Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. It is in fact cause time tonight here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Sometimes I catch them off guard and sometimes they catch up quickly. <laughs> 
like a log. <laughs> but when you get home to you. Okay. Well, yeah, we were just about. Keep your we, we, yeah, well, we. <laughs> We're about to lose, have to pay some royalties there to somebody. But, uh, uh, they ain't cheap. <laughs> no. uh, Rick, Eastern Panhandle basketball tonight. Uh, nice win for Musselman at home over Hedgesville. The Appleman now 12-2 and as they beat Hedgesville by a final of 72-56. Also up in the Eastern Panhandle tonight, it was uh, Fort Martinsburg losing in the St. James Tournament to National Christian out of Maryland. Uh, you know, difficult loss there. But let's let's talk about Musselman and Hedgesville. All these games in the Eastern Panhandle, these teams starting to match up, and the pecking order might be starting to come into a little bit of focus right now. It appears Musselman might be just a little bit better than the other schools in the, in the Eastern Panhandle. Well, let me uh, say this first, if I may. Uh, earlier, when I was coming back from that game, I was listening. And when you were talking to Bill Nestor, and he wanted to uh, come into the studio, and I'm thinking to myself, hey, they let me in, and just as I thought that, Ryan, you said, hey, we let Rick Kozlowski in. <laughs> hey, you know, what can I say? Great minds think alike, Rick. <laughs> I was, I was, I almost wrecked my car. <laughs> yeah, let, let's back up five years, Rick. Do you ever think you're driving on the road and hearing a radio station and your name gets mentioned? Well, mm, in Huntington, well, West Virginia. Yeah. yeah, probably not. There you go. I, to, I knew if I qualified it enough, I would get that from you. But anyway, yes, tonight's uh, Musselman and Hedgesville game. Uh, uh, teams combined for 18 three-pointers. And then another four three-point plays. So it was like everything was counting extra tonight. And the, the biggest beneficiary of the, uh, the scoring was Michael Bratton of Musselman, who had 27 points, despite the fact that... Uh, they wanted to put him on the shelf tonight. He uh, some kind of stomach bug, and he actually, uh, you might say, was uh, mm, tossing his cookies before the game. <laughs> and uh, but uh, he said he after after that uh, little uh, incident, he he felt fine, and boy, did he look fine tonight. Hit three three pointers in the first half or first quarter, as Musman broke out on top eighteen to twelve, and Hedgesville came back took a thirty three thirty lead at halftime on a three point shot by uh, freshman Sheldon Everhart, and that was with about uh, one point three seconds left. Musman got the ball in bounds and. Latrell War hit a three-quarter court shot, three-quarters court shot. However, it was after the basket. But that's the kind of shooting night that was going on in uh, that Klein Court uh, at Musman tonight. It was, they were both teams were just uh, were just hot, hot, hot. Great win tonight for Musselman as they beat Hedgesville seventy-two fifty-six. Uh, next Friday night, Musselman and Martinsburg from Musselman. That should be a good one as well. Rick, sorry to make you wait for us and then have to run so quickly but uh, always a pleasure talking with you and uh, 
looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. And the good news for Martinsburg is there's no more Montverde Academy out there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, okay, this team shows up starting lineup. Two six sevens, two six nines, and then they bring a guy off the bench who I think was seven one. Jeez, uh, I was watching that. I was. It might have been the, the best ex, exhibition of high school basketball that I've seen. Obviously, <laughs> you know, uh, there's like uh, I know of at least three big time Division one recruits. Uh, also, one of the players is a top sophomore, considered a guy considered a top sophomore in the country. I was watching them, and I'm thinking, okay, how would they compete with teams in the Mountain East Conference? I had watched Wheeling, or sorry, West Liberty the night before, and trying to draw some comparisons, saying, okay, could this high school team stay with? West Liberty, which is an exceptionally talented and very good shooting team, and it's hard to kind of hard to kind of gauge that. But that was what I what I felt like I was watching. Like not so much a high school team, but you know, a small college team with like lots of great great athletes. Montverde picking up a, a 60 point win over Martinsburg yesterday in the St. James Invitational. And uh, again, the Martinsburg bounced back and was very competitive tonight in its loss. Um, I guess another um, n- name opponent out of uh, national Maryland. National kind, of, yeah. kind of team. Yeah. But yeah, they fell, Martinsburg fell behind 11 nothing tonight and kind of, kind of bounced back, cut it to three on separate occasions. And yeah, finally, National Christian, which uh, also had a size advantage, but nothing like uh, Montverde, uh, you know, was able to was able to pull away for an eight point. Uh, was it eight, ten? Uh, you know, fairly competitive kind of finish for them. And Martinsburg will play Saint Vincent Pilati tomorrow. And talking to a couple of the Martinsburg players uh, after the Musselman Hedgesville game tonight. They said that uh, Pilati has a seven footer. I'm just like, geez, where, where are all these kids? Where are all these kids uh, being grown? <laughs> uh, I understand that completely. Hey, Rick, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, you guys have a great week. Thanks a lot. All right, that's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. Always takes time to speak with us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Also, want to mention Kevin Boyle, the head coach at Montverde was the head coach of St. Patrick's in New Jersey when they came into the Henderson Center and beat O.J. Mayo-led Huntington High on O.J. Mayo and Patrick oh, Patterson's senior night I remember 10 that. years ago. <laughs> Boom. Back with more Basketball Friday Night after this. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. Big thank you tonight to all of our affiliates broadcasting our video stream, RSN Sports on Facebook Live, Network West Virginia, and of course basketballnight.com. You just click on the YouTube link there and you can watch the show. 
Also, a big thank you to all of our radio affiliates, including Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington, 101.1 FM, WYAPLV in Clay, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 in Hinton, 90.7 FM, WFGA 4K, Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston. 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburg. 101.1 FM, WVWP, Wayne. 97.9 97.9 FM WSPWLP in Parkersburg, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, Power 92 Radio 92.3 FM WIRCLP in Spencer, Talk 92.5 WTHMLP in Ravenswood, Ripley, 94 Rock WRLF in Fairmont. We appreciate all the stations carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And if you know a station that would like to have our show, let us know. Go to basketballnight.com and contact us there. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.51 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Chris Kidd all with you. Seth Payne also with us. Seth, that means it's time to talk about the poll question. All right, guys. I'm a little upset you didn't ask Bud to do his Denzel impression. (laughs) I'm pretty big on the Dens, so uh, a little upset about that. But... uh, Let's go into this question. All right, last week, or I guess the end of this week's question was, do you think the shot clock should be introduced in West Virginia high school basketball? 68% said yes, while 32% said no. And this week's new question, uh, it's going to be, should sectional games be played at neutral sites or on home courts? And again, that's just a simple yes or no. All right, that's the question. It'll be on basketballnight.com. Joe, the shot clock uh, results surprise you there very much so i you know and a lot of these games especially when it gets down to sectionals and regionals we've seen games decided you know you know some of the teams maybe not as talented try to hold the ball and play a de- more of a defensive game uh, that that could make a big difference we are running low on time here on basketball friday night in west virginia we do need to do a final scoreboard though and Guys, let's just rip right through these. Joe, you take the top half of the boys. I'll take the bottom half of the boys' uh, schedule docket tonight, and then we'll let Chris handle the girls' scores on the way out. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. It was National Christian over Martinsburg, 64-56. University over Ripley, 75-39. It was Parkersburg over Morgantown, 56-50. Lindsay over Cameron tonight, 68-53. Fort Hill, Maryland defeated Frankfurt, 51-36. It was River Hannibal of Ohio over Magnolia, 58-34. Pendleton County down Moorfield, 70-49. Oak Glen picked up a win over Steubenville Catholic, 56-51. It was the Redskins of Hurricane over Cabell Midland, 60-48. 
Greenbrier East picks up a win over Washington 73-65 and Greenbrier West picked up a win over Calhoun County 68-55. It was Van over Valley Wetzel 66-55. Roan County defeated Clay County 69-57. It was Clay Battelle over Tigerts Valley 77-72. Fayetteville continues on a roll as they defeat Charleston Catholic 67-46. Wahama picked up a win over Federal Hawking of Ohio 63-56. And it was the Capital Cougars over George Washington 63-61. In the hometown invitational, Meadow Bridge defeats 175-50. Independence, a winner over Riverview 89-52. Jefferson defeats Hampshire 46-33. Also in boys' high school basketball actions night, Kaiser defeats Berkeley Springs 64-51. The Golden Tornado get the home victory. Mingo Central goes to 12-3 with an 86-42 win at home over Wayne. Richwood goes to Montcalm and beats the Generals tonight 80-53. Lumberjacks get the win. Greater Beckley Christian defeats Mountain View tonight. 50 to 46 the final from Welch. Also tonight, Musselman 72, Hedgesville 56, Chapmanville Regional 66, Scott 38, Shady Spring defeats Oak Hill 47-39, Sissonville picks up a 61-49 win over Riverside. Huntington beats St. Albans 68-39. It was Tug Valley over Tulsa 67-45. Ravenswood defeats Tyler Consolidated 67-58. Weir beats Brook Final score 50 to 36. Westside 75, Pikeview 70. Parkersburg South defeats Wheeling Park 64-57. Winfield beats Polka tonight. 61-53. Generals beat the Dots. Doddridge County over East Hardy 70 to 62. It was Taze Valley Christian defeating Notre Dame out of Clarksburg 58-56. And Woodrow Wilson in the Big Atlantic Classic at home beats Princeton 92-53. Chris has the girl scores. On the girls' side of things tonight, starting at the very top of things here this evening, you ended up with East Hardy falling to Sharon Doe, Virginia High School, 58-28. Then you had St. Mary's defeating Ritchie County 60-45 as Jordan Fox scored 27 points in the win for St. Mary's. Next up, you had Willing Central knocking off their old rivals, Charleston Catholic, 50-23. Hampshire defeats Bishop Walsh, Maryland, 65-19. Fayetteville moves to 13-2 with a 72-32 win over Valley Fayette. Next up, you have Braxton County falling tonight to Gilmer County, 63-35. Buck. Buckhannon Upshire, 70-61 over Lewis County as Allie Robinson scored 22 points in the win for the Buccaneers. East Fairmont, winners tonight big over Liberty Harrison, 64-12. Next up, Fairmont Senior knocks off North Marion, 78-75, despite North Marion charging back from 20 down as Krista Tobin for North Marion scored her 1,000th point in the loss against Fairmont Senior tonight. Midland Trail wins over Greater Beckley Christian, 61-36. Next up, you ended up having... Excuse me, I got lost on the list there for a moment. Huntington knocking off Alexander, Ohio, 77-48. James Monroe defeating Independence, 63-22. Lincoln 
Cougars knocking off Grafton 72-25. Summers County Bobcats 106-51 over Pikeview. Preston 57. Robert C. Bird 34. Tucker County big winners tonight over Pendleton 72-29. And rounding out the scores, Williamstown knocks off Work County 97-41. Always find all the scores on basketballnight.com. At hoops underscore roundup is the Twitter handle for that as well. And Guys, we, we touched on the feeder school, the smaller schools that just aren't in existence anymore. I want to share a stat with you sent to me by Tracy Justin Dempsey. Most of you will uh, in here will know who he is, and he's currently at Mountain Mission in Virginia as a coach there. He and I were actually uh, Senate pages at the same time uh, at the uh, state world. capital when we, when we were in high school. He was at Hearts at the time. I was at Wayne. Um, but the, the feeder schools that combined to go in to Spring Valley – Chapmanville Regional, Mingo Central, Wyoming East, and Westside combined to win 23 state basketball championships and 15 runners-up. Also had 228 sectional final or championships and 106 combined regional championships. Just a couple. That, that's that's <laughs> why we're saying that there's been a lot that's been lost over the course of time. We're out of time. For Chris Kidd, for Joe Limble, and the entire staff at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Ryan Epling. Back to you next week, 9 to midnight, on the Fast Break Sports Network. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.